You are now listening to Keeping the Balance, KTB Podcast. Join us as we examine life as men, confronting tough issues, raw and unfiltered. Keeping it real while keeping the balance. This is the KTB Podcast. Welcome back. We are the KTB Podcast. I am your host, Ernie, with my man, Red. What's going on, party people? And we've got a special guest with us today, y'all. Say hello. What's up, people? (laughs) (laughs) We got my man, Anthony Hernandez, here with us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. This is actually the the second time that we were able to uh, put it in our calendars and actually follow through. Mm -hmm. So... Appreciate you being willing to, and and pe- pe- people don't understand trying to get more than one person, just trying to get two people to coordinate. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, to sit down and record a podcast is a mission in itself. Yeah, oh, yeah we're balancing work, life, family, mm-hmm. oh, other yeah. other you know other responsibilities, church, and all of this good stuff. And so I appreciate you taking yeah. the time, bro. We thank appreciate you. you penciling us in. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure. Yeah, man. And so we wanted to introduce our brother, Anthony Hernandez, uh, and he actually just started a brand new podcast. And the name of his podcast, it's called For What It's Worth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the uh, target audience is uh, kids raised in church, mm-hmm. church kids and pastor's kids. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not only that, um, with church kids, and you know, because what I want to bring in is the perspective from being a pastor's kid and whatnot. Cause with being a pastor's kid, your, your parents, they can't always be hands on with you because it's either, you, you mean, you gotta be all in with, you know, the will of God, you gotta be all in, um, you know, putting your hand to the plow and some things will be neglected. I mean, it's a good and bad, you know, it's a good and bad thing, but you, you know, you gotta, this, I really want to, tell kids they have to seek God for themselves because you can't just ride on the, the coattails of your parents. That's right. And that's what that's what really that's what I really want to get into with the podcast and whatnot, just to put more perspective because um life doesn't hit you until you're out the door. So no doubt. So I want them to be at least as as much pre- as prepared as they can be until when they go in the real real world. So that's that's what I really aiming at for the podcast. No, and that that all sounds good. And I was just about to say we we put in a plug in at the end of our last episode, saying, "Hey, stay tuned. The next episode is going to be for the church kids and the pastors' kids, the the PKs, mm-hmm. right? This is dedicated to you guys." And and we don't one of the disclaimers that I always put out there. We're not speaking out of out of air of we're gurus in this area whatsoever. You know, we're not experts. We haven't all arrived. We've all we're, we're all still learning, but with the lessons that we've learned so far, we could bring these to the surface. Have some real life conversations, unfiltered, mm-hmm. raw emotions. Just you know, come just coming through, balancing it out through God, right? And 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 through the the mind of God with with the heart of God, and and hopefully it could be conducive to somebody else who's listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You find and, some and value so, in it. Yeah, and so we want to invite you over because. Because you were, like you said, you were a pastor's kid. Yeah. And before you were a pastor's kid, you were a church kid. Mm-hmm. You were raised in church, bro. Yeah. Right? And so one one of the main things that kind of stood out to me is 
just kind of observing you and observing your life because I've known you for the last 16 years. Mm-hmm. And how old are you now? 24. I'll 20, 25 next month. 20, 20 bro. So since he was eight years old. Yeah. So I've known you wow. for, for the majority of your life. Mm-hmm. Now, because your, your parents answered the call to preach the gospel, I wasn't able to see you during certain times. Mm-hmm. But whenever we would have harvesters, you know, the pastors come back with their kids. It's nothing but love, bro. Yeah, absolutely. But I do like I have seen you in different phases. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And not from the eyes of I'm judging you, but I, from the eyes of man, that's family. And I see how they're, they're growing. And now here you are, you, you decided to move to Norfolk, Virginia. And now this is your home. Yeah. And now I see you as a grown man. You're married and you got a kid, a little baby. And, and so cute. Yeah, man. She's, she's gorgeous, bro. Rosy little cheeks. For real, man. She be, (laughs) yo, she be, she be mad dogging people, bro. I just want to bite those little cheeks, man. She's so stinking cute, man. She's side eyeing, bro. I'm like, damn, what I do to you? She already got a little attitude on her little chip. That's what it is. She's very Yeah, my daughter's like that too. She give you the side eye and so she knows who you are. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Yeah, she got that from me and her mom. Yeah, <laughs> she's real observant, man. She's yeah. she's adorable, though, bro. But yeah, so like I was saying, you know, I kind of looking at all all the because uh, we've been in church, me and me and my family for sixteen years plus, and we we've, we've seen many people, many church kids, and I'm looking and I'm kind of like making a um uh like um like an like, assessment, like an assessment or an inventory. Who from when I first got saved was a church kid and is still here. Mm-hmm. There's I not a lot of people, it. bro. Yeah. yeah, there's not, unfortunately. And so you're still here, yeah. you know, and you're on your own. You're a grown man now. And so that's the, one of the main motivators of, hey, what can you let's have you on put, you know, talk and talk about let you talk about your uh, podcast and at the same time answer some 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 tough questions, if you don't mind. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. So. What's the message that you want to get out through your podcast? Well, with uh, the message, really, I just want to get the, like I said, the whole perspective from being a pastor's kid and being raised up as a sheltered home. Because one, I was homeschooled from the second grade all the way to my freshman year. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So, it, I mean, I was trying to push the girl to school, too. And I was, you know, it, with with everything going on, my parents, you know, pioneering and whatnot, um, there was a point of time where from like second grade all the way to like fourth or fifth that my mom was hands on with the homeschooling. But I guess with the stress of life, like she would get tired a lot. I don't know if it was depression or whatnot, mm-hmm. but I had to end up teaching myself, like looking at the like the curriculum, try not to cheat and then know what I have to do for that day and then do my actual work. Oh, wow. So with all, Yeah, it, it's a lot going into, especially if you're a pastor's kid that goes far away from your home church because yeah. you mm-hmm. really don't have any, all your friends are back at home. Right, and right. in my, in my instance, all my friends I grew up with, they all ended up, their families had a backslid and leaving the church. So it was really, um, it's almost like if you're really going, going to war pretty much, you're going because you, the only time you get to see your friends is really during harvesters. Mm-hmm. And people don't really understand that, um, when you, uh, when you leave and you take your kids, cause, uh, John, uh, pastor Heinberg, Preached, I remember preaching, he was preaching at a boot camp, and he said, pray for your friends that are pastor's kids, because they didn't choose this life. Really, mm. a lot of them leave church that's deep. at 18 years old because their, their childhood was robbed from them, and that's mm. how they see it. And that's how I seen it, too, because I was like, man, you know, maybe, you know, I'm, I was no, I mean, I was known as the good kid at the time when I was when I was here in Norfolk as a kid. Like, I was always like, no, guys, we shouldn't do that, you know, we shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. But I was always like, man, what if, you know, if I stayed, maybe I could have 
kept them in church, but it's always easier to pull down and, than to lift people up. So, That's right. Uh, I know one one guy here, uh, one brother in the church, he said, no, I think it was, a good, it was a good thing that you went out and you guys were pioneering because you were away from all that, what was going on, you know, with uh, all those families leaving. So That's I just right. want, I won't put that in perspective because I think kids should seek God for themselves mm-hmm. and they don't really um, – I don't think that's really emphasizing though. We talk about it, we preach about it, but I don't think they really know the grasp of seeking God for yourself. Right. So that's just the message I want to put out. No, that's pretty good, man. Yeah, because when you because when your parents got sent out, you were just along for the ride. Yeah, exactly. Was it just you at the time? What's the age gap? Because you have siblings. Yeah, my, me and uh, my younger sister Mia. She's five, we're five years apart, and five years. from her to Michaela, uh, they're four years apart. So we were Michaela was just a baby. She was just three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was just a baby, and then when we're moving to Florida to pioneer, uh, my mom was pregnant with my youngest brother. And so mm. yeah, wow, 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 wow. Oh yeah, yeah. And and I know that that was a tough one too, man. Yeah, that was that was that was a tough loss for you and your family. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they while while they were out there pioneering and stuff, and so and you guys just kept on truck trucking forward, man. Yeah. And that's one of the things that is. Uh, one of the things that I think about mm-hmm. for me and my kids, if we were to go, you know, there was there was a need just recently that 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 was tossed up that um that I had heard, you know, from our pastor. We all heard it mm-hmm. where, where where he said there's there's a church in Belize that needs a pastor. Mm-hmm. There's you know, there's a need. And whenever I hear there's a need to me, it's a call of it's a call to action. It's a call to action. Mm-hmm. It's it's like, come on, are are you ready? Like as far as, hey, men that say that you want to go and do this, if you believe that it's your will, that God has called you to preach this gospel, to be a missionary one day, whatever the case may be, grab grab your arms, mm-hmm. check, do an inventory, you know, are, are you ready to go? Yeah. So immediately, you know, and this is a conversation that me and the wife recent, recently had, man, what if we answered the call and we were actually chosen? One of the first questions that mom, because mama bear, right? And she's thinking about her young lions and she's like, what's going to happen to them? Yeah. That's first thing that popped into her mind. That was the last thing that popped into my mind. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's like kind of like mm-hmm. thinking about as far as pioneer pastors and when they go out and their their kids, you're right. They don't choose that life. Mm-hmm. They're just along for the ride and they have to kind of on their own figure things out make new friends yep. right and you're you're literally ripping away ripping them from that childhood mm-hmm. you know so how what, what kind of long lasting effects that may have yeah you know and and so that's that's really interesting that made me think about when we we did an interview with uh vince pastor ramirez yeah and uh his son he was he was having anxiety issues he was biting that's his right. thumbs that's right and you know it was something i remember vince saying it was something he didn't even consider. Yeah, you know, caught like, him off guard. Because how, how old is his son? I don't he's, remember how he's much. Only, little he was only Vince like four. Is, little Vince is like he was probably like four or five or something like but that. Yeah, his whole life was uprooted at four years old, yep. and so he's in this new place. He, it's foreign land. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have any friends. He doesn't see any any familiar faces from church. Yeah. and he ends up biting the skin around his nails like so bad to where it like almost it got raw. infected. It got mm-hmm. raw. Oh, wow. But it was something that he hadn't even considered. So a question I have for you. Mm-hmm. Do you remember at all, like your dad, like kind of sitting you down and saying, "Hey, son, this is what we're doing." Uh, so I feel like um, me and my father's relationship was really good before going out to Pioneer, because, like I said, something 
some things have to take a bad seat when you have to pioneer and really, you know, you got to deal with people or whatnot. So sometimes the kids are neglected without even knowing. But um, he, I know, I, I remember being like six or seven, and I, I remember him saying he was called to preach. I remember he was real stern to preach and whatnot. But when I was in Texas, I still remember the day I was in Texas when my grandparents told me I was with them. And uh, my parents were in conference. My grandparents told me, oh, you're, you guys are getting sent out to Florida. And I was like, what? For what? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, your dad's going to, you know, start a church. And I was like, what? And I was like, but, but why? <laughs> but I was like, I was like, okay, you know, but he never really sat me down and told me, like, hey, this is what's going to happen soon. I thought maybe, like, within four or five years. No, no, like, five or six years. But I think he got sent out within, like, his third year being saved or fourth year, I think. Oh, he, wow. he, yeah, he went out pretty early. But, um, but yeah, he, I mean, he was really... Yeah, he felt the calling, and he went quick. He was one not one of the quickest, but he I think within two or three months of him getting um, announced, we ended up leaving. He didn't even have anything lined up, a job or anything like that. And he just like, you know what? I'm just gonna go by faith, and mm-hmm. we're gonna go. And that definitely, um, I think a lot of people. Should, I mean, you want to have faith, but um, people should really think that something's. There was a lot of times we didn't. We went without. Uh, I mean, I couldn't eat to my fullest. But we, right, we were, still, yeah, we still had some stuff to eat, and that right. was during um, bad economy. My, mm-hmm. I remember my dad; he was, I was, he was working in the shipyard in the navy. He was a nuclear engineer, and when he went, when we went to Florida. He was looking for everything, anything he can get. And I know he was working working HVAC at the time. And then within a little bit of that, of us living there, he got like the pink slip because they couldn't handle any more workers. And since mm-hmm. he was fairly new, they had the pink slip. So for a while, he had no job. And he was, you know, he uprooted himself, went by faith, and that's the whole thing about going to Pioneer. Everything is by faith, everything. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it's, it was a, it was a tough, a very, very tough road, to be honest. But yeah, he never sat down with me to answer your question. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's 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 something that is you know no, noted, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Where it's like, okay, noted. You know, we're not all perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, we all make our mistakes. Us yeah. as men, I've recognized a lot of mistakes right. that I made with my you said, boy. Yeah, because you said that that wasn't even something you considered, right? That's me sitting. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't even something that I that I can. I mean, it wasn't up until COVID happened that I really started to look at my boys and say maybe I should have a one on one with them. Yeah, you know, to kind of like kind of test the waters and see where you're at. What like what do you think about these certain things or yeah. let's talk about certain things that that uh so that you don't get caught off guard when you go to school yeah. you know and mm-hmm. certain personal things you yeah. know mm-hmm. that that only a father could have with his son yeah. i would much rather you hear it from me or i would much rather us talking about these things and um and 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 i was encouraged through that because i was doing a lot of listening to audiobooks mm-hmm. but it what i'm saying is that here, here we are. COVID happened in 2019, 2020, mm-hmm. 2020. Right? 20, 2020, and it wasn't up until 2020. Yeah. We're in 2022. It wasn't up until two years ago that I really thought about sitting down and having a one-on-one with my, with, with my oldest son mm-hmm. and then with his younger brother and then with the, with the youngest, mm-hmm. you know? So that's something that I didn't catch up until later on. So I can only imagine if we were already out in the field I probably would have made that same mistake, bro. Oh, yeah. You know, so mm. it's 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 not a knock. It's more of a man. Check this out. Yeah. You know, this is something that that anybody that is any any man should want to have that one on one with Definitely. it with his with his boy with his family, mm-hmm. right? And so, what I what what I want to ask you next, man, is uh, 
and I think you've already touched on it a little bit, mm-hmm. your life as a kid in church mm-hmm. and then a pastor's kid. Yeah. So w- being here as a, as a young, I guess you could say young servant in, in church when I first got saved, I think I was like seven, but I was like in, in love with God. Even I was saying that I was called to preach. Mm. And me and my friends around at that time were like, yeah, I'm called to preach too. I'm called to preach too. And um, uh, Manuel, he was always trying to one-up on people. He said, I'm called to be a missionary. I'm like, okay, bro. All right. So, but yeah, we're all. We're, You're a lot better than yeah, all of us, yeah. bro. So, yeah, I was just like, man, we all, we, we all wanted to do something for God. And like I said, with, with being sheltered, because at the time I was going to public school, like I said, up to the second grade. Um, but being sheltered, you, you don't think bad things can happen at, to a certain degree. Cause when, when like I was out being a pastor's kid, you have nobody, you don't have anybody check up on you. Really? Nobody was really checking up on me. People probably checking on my parents cause you know, they're the adults and whatnot. But like I said, the kids tend to get neglected and forgotten kind of on the side. But as a, as a kid in the Norfolk church, man, I was, um, I was loving it. I was, uh, I mean, I remember, um, I seen, well, I think it was like for first grade that we had for art. It was like, what did you want to be when you grow up? And I had, I, my dad still has a picture, but I drew a pastor. And it was like me preaching. I was like, I wanted to be a pastor. And I remember me and another friend of mine, we went to uh, school during Halloween as pastors. We dressed up in suits. Oh, we're pastors. And we took a stand, too. <laughs> yeah? There was Nice. There, there was actually. That's pretty was, dope. During, during my my time when I was bachelor in, in Chicago and I was going through it, I mean, I was like, you know, I don't even want to go back to church. I was, I'm, you know, I just want to live my life. Everything out here seems more fun and whatnot. You know, just more appealing. Everything's sin is only appealing for a season, and then you start dealing with repercussions with your mental health and everything. It starts taking a toll. But um, there was a girl that was like real close to me. We, we never, we were never interested in each other. But I remember always going to school here in Tannis Creek. I'd always tell her about what I learned in Sunday school, and then she would be like, "Oh, that's awesome!" And then. She hit me up during that time of me being bastard, and she was like, hey, do you remember me? I was like, yeah, I remember you. And then she was like, yeah, I just, so um, I just want to let you know that, you know, all being in first grade, uh, you were talking about God and seeing how much you love Jesus and God, it made me want to have a relationship with him as well. Wow. And then, yeah, and she showed me pictures of her going on mission trips on to, wow. like, Africa. Wow, she met her fi- Yeah, she met her fiance. You said how church. old were you? Um, I... I was, well, he, I was like, she said first grade. Yeah, first, first grade. When she reached yeah. out to him, I was like nineteen. When he she was in out. Chicago in yeah. a backslidden state yeah. and not going to church. Ooh, mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So she's. I just want to let you know that you know, like a thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Exactly. And wow. I was like, man. And I was like, really broke down. I was like, man. You know, that's man. I you know, I need to need to get my heart right. You know, mm-hmm. and, and stop doing what I'm doing and stop living this lifestyle that's not appealing. It's not. It doesn't leave me with the empty void. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah, so that letter was a big wake up call. Exactly. Yeah, was, she hit me up out of nowhere too, and I was—I remember the name and I remember the face, and because we were real close, we were real close friends. I would tell her everything I learned in Sunday school. She would even ask, "What did you learn in church?" I was, "Oh, we went over this and this and this," and I didn't even know that that she was taking into account. Like, man, you know that it was, yeah, yeah. that it was <laughs> like she was appreciating that or taking in whatever the conversation was. Exactly. Yeah. Wow, bro, that's awesome. Yeah, that's so that right there shows me how how. Even though we may straw you know, stray off the off the, the main path, right, mm-hmm. and we're on the beaten path now, God still finds different ways to get mm-hmm. our attention, oh, bro, yeah, and just say, "Hey, look this mm-hmm. this is what you did at one point. Yeah. yeah, this is how in love you were." Little reminder. Yeah, 
And that's the thing, too. That's the thing I struggled with at that time was that I didn't want to go back to church because I felt like, because being my dad's, um, you know, son, even in the Norfolkshire, people like, oh, you're so anointed. And I didn't see how that. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, they just say, oh, you're anointed, this and that. And um, during that time when I felt, I was like, Man, I felt I felt like a trophy on the devil's like shelf. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like I felt like I couldn't I couldn't go back or too embarrassed to go back, right? Because of everything else, I shouldn't have fallen because I'm my dad's son. Mm. Like I know a lot. I know better. I mean, I was homeschooled doing a homeschool like just to do things for fun. I would watch debates with my dad because just to spend time with him, he'll watch like debates with uh, creationists versus evolutionists, or what uh, you know, Christians versus evolution. Right. And I'll just be there, and I was I know right and wrong. Yeah, right. I still chose to, you know. Sin took me way too far than what I should have even gone. Even yeah. though I started with something very little as, like, drugs, it, it ended up being a bigger hole that I dug myself in. Mm. Yeah, I think it was interesting what you said about uh, feeling like a trophy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I picture it, it's like, um, uh, it's, like a, it's like a tree. It's like the devil's chopping at a tree, mm-hmm. and it, it's cutting at the roots, right? Because yeah. you're, you're your father's roots. You know, you keep them grounded. Your son mm-hmm. is blood, is flesh and blood. And so, if he can take you out, then, then that's going to be on your father's brain. And, and he's the pastor, so. Oh yeah. What is it? You strike the shepherd, and the sheep will scatter. Yeah. Type of, yeah. Type of thing. Yeah, and and during the the time when, because with the whole um dealing with the family loss with my brother dying in Florida, I wanted, I always wanted to come back home to Norfolk. I always was like, that's my home. I want to go back. And then when he said yes to going to Chicago, I was like, I kind of resented him for it. There was never a time where I thought. God wasn't real. I always knew God was real, but I thought that he didn't care for us. Being mm. that we went through so much, along with the death of a family, foreclosure of a house, there was even a time that I didn't even get to talk in my first episode, but um, we were looking for another place to rent, and it just so happened to be right behind the house we were, were renting, mm. and it was a first floor, beautiful, everything was perfect. And so my dad was um, talking to the lady. She only spoke Spanish, but he was like, you know, we'll give you the, the deposit, and then... Um, you know, you let us live here. You know, they agreed that we'll live there for a month free, and then we'll because we didn't have that much money, so we went ahead and uh, we. He had told him, told her that the next month we'll pay you everything. She said, "Yeah, that's fine, that's fine." The very next day, we slept on the floor that very night, and we moved everything out. But that very night, she came in knocking, banging, like, "Give me my money, give me my money!" And I'm only like eleven or twelve, and I'm just having like anxiety, like, "What the heck is going on?" I didn't know Spanish, and she just yelling at my mom, and she's yelling at my sisters, and at me, my while well, my dad's being. Uh, well, my dad's at work, and I'm the only man of the house at that right now. Yeah. I'm just like, what the heck? What do I do? Like, what's the course of action? And so, with that, uh, going through all of that, I was like, I was ready to throw in the towel. To be honest, yeah, I was just like, I'm, I'm ready to go. You know, but my dad, you know, he kept persevering. He's like, you know, you know what? If there's a need in Chicago, then you know we're gonna go ahead and take it. Right. You know, there was nobody else to take it, so he's like, you know, if if there's really nobody, then yeah, we'll go. And we went there like two days later, and I. It, at that time, I resented it. I was like, no, we should have, in my opinion at the time, I was like, we should have thrown in the towel. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we, uh, I want to go back home. That was just me. So right. I remember, I mean, look back, I kind of cringe, but I remember when he'll, we, there was one point where uh, they were having a parade right in front of us because we were right on Cermak, which is like a busy street over there in Chicago. And they were having a parade, and their feedback, or I don't know how, but their frequency was coming into our speakers. Mm-hmm. And so my dad was on the microphone in the church because we we're trying to have a church during the parade. They usually had it on Sundays. He was like, 
he he would um, whatever he was saying was picking up on the parade speakers. Oh wow! And so he's like, "Oh, this is awesome! This is God!" So he started and preaching he started through preaching. the frequencies. Yeah, he started preaching. He was you know preaching Bro, through it. Oh, that's sick! Yeah. It, it was clear. Yeah, it was it was clear. And so the thing what um, cringe was what I was cringy about was that I was so bitter at my dad. I was like, tr- I was like almost downplay not downplaying him, but I was like, "What are you doing? Like this is you, you're get you're get locked up." Or like, I was just trying to have him stop. Yeah, I, I, my fire was turned out. And it was mm. like, you know, when people, uh, when, you, when, when your fire's down, you want to take everybody's fire yeah, down. Like, it, yeah, you don't like seeing other people on fire. Exactly. It's like, yeah, who, do you and, th- who do you think you are? Yeah, exactly. And so I, you had that towards your dad. Towards my own dad, yeah. Yeah. So that's the only thing that, um, that I really look back on. Like, man, like really cringe. But, I mean, he's still there and he's still fighting the good fight. So Yeah, it, bro. I mean, yeah. he's 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 one of the leaders, bro, <clears throat> in, yeah. in yep. up north, man. And he's he's doing great things. Come man. on, somebody. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the com- that's 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 where I got that you from. Know, you know, Jessica, Jessica caught that the other day. She did. As he was preaching, because he just came was it was it Harvard? No, it was Harvard. Oh, oh was after, it a after the conference? No, after the conference. That's yeah, it. He just came in and just conference. just preached yeah. for us all day. And uh as he was as he was preaching, he was like, Come on, somebody. Yeah. And then Jessica was like, Is that is that where Ernie gets it from? Yeah. And I was like, you're right. That, that is, is where Ernie gets it bro, from. That's, that's all Let, day. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Come on, somebody. Come Go on, ahead. somebody. That's, but he says it different. <laughs> Go ahead, Anthony. I, 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 no, I can't. He said <laughs> There's only one GJ, bro. Yeah. There's only one GJ. Mm-hmm. So, so I have a question. I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, so during that time when your father kind of answered the call, mm-hmm. did you feel the pressure on you as a kid, you know, when it came to pioneering the church, like, did you feel like you had a burden on you? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this with my family. You know, I play an integral part. Mm-hmm. Did you feel that? I felt like I had a, yeah, well, really just to go. Cause I, like I said, my fire was burnt out at the time we went to, um, Chicago, Chicago, but going to Florida, I was excited to use all for when, it. Yeah. When I was realizing, and when we first went to Florida, we, I mean, it was a big turnout because we knew somebody that, that their sibling went to the church over here, and so he helped us. He brought, like, all his friends from high school. Yeah, and it was a big turnout. It was all young people uh, at the time. It was all, like, they were all, like, within early 20s, or maybe even in their teenage years. Mm-hmm. But it was it was awesome. It was revival during the first part, and then we slowly started, like, they just started falling away. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so, but being first going, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to help my dad no matter, you know, with, with everything. You know, I'm going to be his best disciple, at, you know, going into Miami, but going to Chicago, and going through everything that we went we went through, and I was ready to throw in the towel and say, you know, I just I'm just gonna do what's the mediocre. I'm just gonna do the the whatever the bare minimum, the bare minimum exactly. That's all I'm gonna do. And I, you know, because at the time I was like, man, I don't with with people backstabbing us, and like I said, mm. with being sheltered, you're sur- in, in church, you're surrounded by people that love you, their family. You're not really exposed to the heart, you know, sinners. You're not really exposed to sinners and how they live because you're so used to being around family, people that love you. You know that do things for you, sacrifice sacrifice for you. You sacrifice for them. So being in the world, and like I said, you're with nobody. Because I don't even think there was anybody around us. The closest church was like an hour away, which was Pembroke Pines, and I mean we had nobody. So seeing that the people we brought in, and the people that even my dad helped with finances, counseling, mm-hmm. even people that he married, backstabbed us. And I overheard that you know they were talking slandering my parents, and yeah. I'm like, how dare you? Like they helped you out. Right. Know, they did all these things for you. So in my in my mind, legit at thirteen years old, I was like, 
I don't care if anybody goes to heaven or hell. Like, it, wow. It, it, I was very, it was, it was very, very bitter. I was very bitter. I was like, they can all go to hell for all, all I care about. That's, that's, and bad. a lot, of, a lot of people may, may think like, like hearing that, like, how could you have those emotions at that time? And no, nah, that's, that's pretty real. Oh, yeah. Because at the age of nine, 10, the ripe age of nine, 10 and 11, yeah. you're soaking all these things in. Just, just the other day, I got an 11 year old right now. That's my, my youngest is 11 years old. And just the the other day, he had he had repeated something that I had said, but he didn't get the content that I was saying it in, mm-hmm. and and so he had he had heard what I uh, what I had said, and then because because I had mentioned his sister, and he's like, "That's my sister, like I love her, yeah, you know, like like that's not right for for talking about my sister behind her back," and mm-hmm. that wasn't even the the case oh, yeah. at all, like way out of <laughs> so he repeated it to his sister. And, and, and then when it finally came back around to me, I was like, I was like, well, that's not what I said. That's not how I said it. Mm -hmm. You know, it was an entirely different kind of context, but because he, he's so emotionally involved is what I'm saying as an 11 year old. Mm. Oh, I could definitely see you Mm -hmm. seeing that and soaking that in. And it's like your beloved bro, your mom, your dad, Mm -hmm. where you've seen them love on a complete strangers or different strangers. And then hearing, overhearing, yeah. you know, kind of ear hustling a little bit, but you catch wind of them now talking bad about them, bro. Yeah. Those without those those feelings becoming balanced out, they could they could ruin a kid, bro. Yeah, because as adults, we're able to process that. You know, like we get burned. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it. We don't like it. It yeah. sucks. Mm-hmm. But you see, like you say, it happens to your parents. You took that a whole. You took that very personal. Oh yeah, definitely. Like a lot of times, we get the door slammed in our face on outreach. It's like, okay, they're not rejecting me; they're rejecting God. We're able to process that, but our kids seeing that, they're like, "How dare you do that to my family? Mm-hmm. We came all the way from to save you, yeah. and then <laughs> exactly. you know." And so yeah. it's like, just like, "No, no, no, no." Did your dad? Did your dad notice you getting frustrated, or is that something no. you internalized? Like, no, it, it was just inner. It, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't see me getting. I know for a time in Chicago, they had they had to be careful what. They were discussing around me, like if, oh, you know, uh, sister, you know, kind of said this to me. Because I would go right up to the sister or brother and be like, what, you know, you got a problem? You know, you got a problem? problem? You, pro- you, you want to go? Say? So there was this, <laughs> there was actually this guy that started coming, coming to church over there. He's no longer in there, but he was trying to, um, you know, court this one sister in the church. And um, he had fell off. He had left church for a, while, a little while. And then he came back. And I was sitting right behind him. And he was, a you know, kind of a big dude. But um, he was, he was, you know, he barked a lot. But during my dad's sermon, he was like, I have a question. And then or I'm just like, what the heck? Please don't be one of the people that just start talking during the sermon. He was like, and he was like, y'all eat meat, right? Y'all eat meat? And so <laughs> oh we're just like, God, yeah, and he was bro. like, you know, you know, we're not supposed to. So he ended up talking to my dad. He's like, you know, we're not supposed to eat meat, this and that. And so this my dad. During, during the sermon. Yeah, during the sermon. He's like, he's like brother, oh, we'll wow. talk. We'll talk after. And we'll I'm, talk I'm after. Like, yeah, this isn't the Bible study, exactly, bro. Exactly, exactly. So. I mean, during that time in Chicago, me and my dad always bumped heads, but I, I just, was always like... Just imagine Anthony going up to him like, look here. He said, yeah. we'll talk after. Yeah. Just grab him by the collar. Dude, just shut yo, your mouth. You he's sitting my behind him, so I could picture him like putting his yeah. hands on his shoulders like, listen, yeah. just relax. Yeah, just, interrupt my dad one more time. Dude, it was annoying. And, and so yeah, my dad was like, we'll talk after service. And so they ended up talking. So they're, you know, they're talking. And I'm just, I'm just in the front row. 
they, like I said, me and my dad always bumped heads, but I was like, if anything happens, I'm, you know, I'm going, I'm, you know, ride or die for my dad. So Your dad, yeah. Yeah, so he was talking, and I was overhearing my dad. I was like, listen, people that usually bring up the, the, the meat thing, they have a problem with carnality. You have a problem with immorality. And so happened that mm-hmm. the girl he wanted to court, he was, um, you know, he was, he was uh, fornicating with her. Nah, so he, he so he was already yeah he was already he was already yeah uh, he's already doing the deed yeah exactly mm. so um he was like you know brother let me pray for you and my dad goes to reach like to his his, his head and he smacks my dad's hand off oh. he goes don't don't bleep and touch me and I get up real quick and my dad was like just he was like sit down sit down and I was like all right wow but I, yeah I was like man so I know for a while during that time since I was so bitter and I was so blunt with my words that they they were they were very careful what they said around me like. With, with issues within the church, right. I'll go ahead and, or if it was in front of me, they'd be like, oh, crap, because Anthony's going to say something. Because you was the enforcer. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I was a very angry person. Well, that so time. so that's so that's a note, another note right there. That That's another nugget to to parents, you know, to us as parents, you know. Num- number one, if, if there's an issue going on mm-hmm. with another family, with another couple, you know, that you're dealing with some conflict or whatnot. There's always going to be some sort of conflict, you know, mm-hmm. and even, even, even when friends out with friends out in the world, you know, you're going to have conflict with, with friends when you be, when you get so close, mm-hmm. there's, there's that fine line of over familiarity, right? Yeah. When somebody gets over familiar, they overstep some boundaries and yeah. then that's where offenses happen. Right. Mm-hmm. And so one of the notes that to take away that immediately jumped out at me is, Hey, parents don't talk about, any any conflict or whatnot mm-hmm. with your kids present, yeah. like as you're driving in the car, mm-hmm. that's not the time no. to turn, to, turn yeah. to the wife or the wife turn to the husband and be like, "Can you believe such and such?" Yeah, don't do that mm-hmm. because you got kids in the back that are soaking it all in, bro, exactly, yeah. or in the house or at the dinner table. You know, these are things that are done in private that you right. you kind of because you're adults. You know, you could process. That's something that us as parents we we forget. Mm-hmm. We could definitely tend to forget and just kind of, oh, we're there, just there, yeah. you know. No, no, no. They, that's right. They are there. They, mm-hmm. Just, just, just picture two big old ears, you know, just yeah. like radar, yeah. you know, picking everything just up, for bro. Some tea, man, yeah. and you gotta be careful too, because some kids won't get the discernment not to spread it around. Oh you know? yeah, that's but right. Some kids like me, I'll just keep it in, harbor it, and be resentful towards that brother or sister. Be like, mm-hmm. you know, you're saying this about my, you know, you you did this to my mom or something like that. Right. So, but you got other ones that will just immediately blur out to other other kids, start like, throwing up on everybody yeah. else. Mm-hmm, exactly. Like, did you hear such and such? Well, my mom told me this, yeah. you know, and then do a cartwheel. <laughs> <laughs> start Fortnite dancing, <laughs> just casual, <laughs> just casual slander, yeah. and then start dancing. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting. Now yeah. that doesn't necessarily leave the kids off the hook. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Be- because it's like. You know what? Maybe we could go into common misconceptions uh, that people have about kids raised in church. Mm-hmm. Some common misconceptions. What do you think are? Let me ask you this question, Anthony. Mm-hmm. What do you think are some common misconceptions that it now mm-hmm. thinking about folks from outside of the church? Right. Common misconceptions that some people may have with seeing a family where the kid is raised in church. What do you expect that kid to to know or to do? Looking from the outside in, like mm-hmm. if you, you never even went to church, right? I think uh, they, to be honest, they think that um, they probably think that they're just weird and they don't, they just don't know. You know, I know one one girl thought I was meant like like no, I I want to say mentally challenged mm-hmm. uh, because I was homeschooled just because I, I went to church. And oh I wow! Yeah, 
being in Chicago, I heard that she was like, "Yeah, uh, Brittany thinks you're you're retarded." And I was just like, "What? Wow!" And I was like, "Are you serious?" She's like, "Yeah, because you're homeschooled." I was like, "If anything, that makes me smarter." Yeah, but, but they're like, "Yeah, you know, she thinks you're you're a dummy." So and I was like, she "You're a dummy." Yeah, and I was like, "Wow, that's." But I think that's how people they they don't have a full grasp of life. I guess I don't know. I don't really know what they could see. No, no, that yeah. right there is is on the money because and this is you use that now. Let me give my example, bro, because when I. When me and my kids first started going going to church and the kids, you know, we were in church now for a long time. My my mom wasn't like 100% on board with me and just thought it was a phase. Yeah. And when she saw the years go by, she's like, oh, he's for real about mm-hmm. this life, you know. Mm-hmm. And then one, one of the things that when we talked about homeschooling. And homeschooling our kids. Not all of our kids are homeschooled, by the way. All right. I've, I've, we, we did one year. Josie tried doing one year homeschooling all four of my kids. Mm. Bro, how much hair did she this, lose? That's bro, my gray hairs. I think you know, <laughs> from trying to balance her out was just you know. I think she lost hair. You know what I mean? And so, but no, no, no. It's it's not an easy task. But I remember my mom's reaction was was no, mijo. I don't know if that's a good idea because then they get weird. They won't know how to interact with other kids and stuff. And like a misconception that yeah. she had yeah. was. They are completely isolated. Right. And the only people that they're allowed to go around are you and other church kids. Church kids. Yep. And I'm like, yo, that is furthest from the truth. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. as far as as far as the weirdness, you know, where yeah. it's like they get more like more social interaction within church. Within church than mm-hmm. they do in school. Like, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's good. Yeah. It's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was so you're right on the money with that, bro. One that uh, Raymond, you uh, you had a couple of misconceptions that that you want to throw out there, right? Yeah. Um, so, goody two shoes, mm-hmm. like they, they oh oh this, he doesn't do anything. He's a you know he doesn't curse. He doesn't yeah. do this and that. So, what do you think about that? What's your no, thought? Yeah, that's a big misconception, absolutely. Because um, I don't know. I mean, uh, I know a lot of uh, even being in Norfolk Church, my friends were. Doing some bad things too, right? But I was more, I was more scared um, of what my dad would do to me. So, <laughs> I mean, there is sometimes. So you put the fear of God. Yeah, in. exactly. So my dad, I mean, um, I mean, one time uh, it was uh, at the time it was the the pastor for the children's church, and he went up to me and my friends, and they're all older than me, and he was like, "I want you guys to come up with a skit for for children's church," and we're like, "Okay, cool." So at the time, we're on um, the church, um, the old building. And we, we're in the nursery room, and you know, they're, I'm watching. I'm just watching. I'm, you know, because they're older. They're, they're coming up with the skit, and they're like, "Yeah, we're we're obviously we're boys." They're like, "We're do wrestling, a wrestling skit, and we're do wrestling with the devil, and you're wrestling with God." And this, and so they're doing it, and a lady passes by, and just you know doesn't ask any questions. She just looks and it's like they're playing around. Yeah. And so she went ahead and told my dad, "Is that like, yeah, you're something." And I was just watching too, and I was like, telling him, "I remember talking. I was talking to a friend, and I just felt like I got raptured." My dad just <laughs> lifted me up, Snatched and you he up. he just takes me to the bathroom. He's like, "You're playing the nursery," and I was like, "No, we're doing the skate." He's like, "You're lying." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, at the at the time it was uh yeah, I was very scared of. So I I really didn't do a lot of bad things while I was in the Norfolk uh, being. Uh, being the youngest uh, kid at the time, but yeah, I was very scared. My dad was whooping me for things I wasn't even getting, you know, really doing. So <laughs> I was like, if he's doing for that, stuff that you were gonna do in yeah, the future, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. That's what <laughs> Pastor told me. He's like, he's whooping you for all the future whoopings yeah. you needed. Yeah. 
What about what about like your uh, your Bible reading? Like, did you know your Bible like that? Um, yes and no. I didn't. I didn't read all the time. Not at all. As much as I mean, any anybody should. But it was really just through Sunday, and I mean, I, you know, with people just through the preaching. Exactly, just through the preaching. I remember I would read uh, from time to time because my favorite. I mean, I think any kid's um, first well favorite book is gonna be Proverbs because of all the like the. What is it like the lessons? And yeah, whatnot. little nuggets that yeah, you can exactly. just yeah. So that's the easiest thing because I mean, if you if you're a kid and you don't really understand what's what's going on, the context of the scripture, you're like, mm. what what's going on? Like, what is going on at this time? Like, wh- like the what which in the um, I think it's in Samuel, First Samuel, where they cut up the they cut up the chick that got like raped or molested. You know what I'm talking about? Right. And they they sent it to all the different tribes of Israel. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if a kid reads that, they're like, what the heck is going on? You know? Yeah. So, no, I didn't, I didn't read. I didn't read. So that, that's, that's a common school. misconception is that any kid that's raised in church that they yeah. know they, that they know their Bible. That they know their Bible, yeah. right? That's not exactly true. Yeah. No. That's not. Yeah. No. No, not at all. It's actually furthest from the truth. <laughs> Think, Dad, what's this thing about foreskins? Why yeah. do they keep talking about foreskins? Yeah, why, why did David get all those? <laughs> did I he think, need that many? I think within the last month, we've heard two different sermons oh, where, where, uh, where, where foreskins yeah. are referenced, you know? Oh, that's man. funny, bro. That's that's hilarious. Yeah. Every time in my mind, I'm like, ugh. I, ugh. Disgusting. Hit training? That's disgusting. I think, <laughs> as an adult, yeah. that's disgusting. <laughs> I think another misconception is uh, that you, me and you were talking earlier and, mm-hmm. and it's like folks think that just because a kid goes to church that they're actually saved. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's absolutely true. Cause I know a couple, I know a couple kids that I had talked to and they don't even pray in prayer, but they just, they, they say they're saved. But like I said, with the whole point of the podcast is that I want them to know they have to seek God for themselves. Cause mm. I mean, I didn't even know I was lukewarm until, until at eight, you know, seventeen. No, not even at seventeen. At, at fourteen, like I was uh, messing around. Well, only with one girl, but messing around with a girl. And I'm like, you know, in the back of my mind, I had convictions. But mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't praying, doing a morning prayer. I wasn't reading my Bible. I was just doing the the bare minimum. So and it was like, easy to give into those. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, I mean, a lot of, I mean, a lot of kids now. I'm pretty sure teenagers that, that are in the church, they're like, you know, I can have a girlfriend. Like, why not? You know, that's that's. I mean, even I know some may be like, oh, I just give her a kiss on the cheek, but that's not fornicating. But it's like, you know, you're still, you're playing around with sin. It's eventually leave something. And they can still say You're opening safe. up a door. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That you may not be ready to step into just yeah. yet. Mm-hmm. You may be rushing into something that, that you have no business rushing into right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like in your mind, like when you're like dabbling with these things and mm-hmm. you're a kid and you're still in your father's house, right? Yeah. Like, what is your thought process? Like, oh, yeah, you know, my dad is saved. I'm saved, too. Mm-hmm. Like, what's your, how's your thought process go? Like, Really, it's like, um, as long as I did, I, I mean, I don't do drugs. I, you yeah. tend to compare yourself to other kids, because especially mm-hmm. if you're by yourself over there, being the only, like, Christian family right. that you know around there. Like, oh, I don't, I don't smoke or I don't drink. And I'll even curse like this guy. So I definitely I'm saved. But you can never have, you can stop having a relationship with God and be like, I'm saved because of so-and-so, so-and-so, the, how they are, and I'm nothing like them. Right, comparison game. Exactly. Yeah. That's good. The comparison game, man, I, that that just came up in a conversation recently mm-hmm. that I was having with my wife and, that, and I was having with uh, with another brother where I was like, uh, man, it is, it is something where I was just looking at the youth. I was looking at our teenagers, bro, the teenagers in our church. We got a lot. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of teenagers. I think it's like double, 
the amount of teenagers that we had Before, when yeah. when I first got when you were a teenager, mm-hmm. right? When you were a kid, like eight, nine, ten, yeah. right? And there's only like seven of us. Yeah, there was only like seven yeah. of y'all, and, and I wasn't even a wow. teen. I was like eleven. Right, you were you were the <laughs> youngest one. Yeah, right, and so uh, compared to what we have now, we got a lot, bro. It's like all these kids, all these families that had babies, and now they're all becoming of age. You know, yeah. And so one of the the things that I that I was noting, and of course, different circumstances because different families have different circumstances, right? different ways of upbringing of of upbringing and stuff like that but there's so so much untapped potential in teenagers because they're oh, yeah. they're, they're capable of so much more bro mm-hmm. than what us us as adults like we bro like I'm ready to take a nap after I you know I go outreach <laughs> on some door you know yeah. like I'm ready to go to sleep or I do one activity we could get together for volleyball yeah and it's like all right man I'm gonna be you know uh, licking my wounds for the next three days you know because yeah. <laughs> hey babe get the bath salt ready <laughs> you know like let me get the bengay and the cream and the bandages yeah. ready because I gotta recover now mm-hmm. but teenagers could play a, like three games in a row and then okay so what are we doing next where's yeah. the after party exactly yeah. you know looking for something else to do so I'm like man it's so much untapped potential as far as what guy could do with that oh, yeah, mm-hmm. and there's 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 some uh kids that are you know pastors kids mm-hmm. you know that are rising to the occasion right that that you could see god moving within their lives that they're that that they're kind of like not neglecting their childhood but mm-hmm. they're like hey this is kind of settling with coming to grips with this is my life right now yeah. mm-hmm. and it's either i i i sit down in the dumps and be depressed about it mm-hmm. Or actually do something forgot about it. Yeah. And they're given an opportunity to rise to the occasion. And mm-hmm. when they rise to the occasion, you could see it's evident where it's like, man, God's moving in that young man's heart. Mm-hmm. And I could only just kind of see, man, if a lot of other ones could tap into that, yeah. you know, could tap into that fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bro, we would have revival, man. Yeah. yeah, I think I think a lot of a lot of the teens don't realize, not just teens, but the kids in church don't realize how influential they can be. Definitely. No doubt. And how how much pull they have because I I can recall a few like times where you know we'll have a baptism a water baptism and like there'll be like ten teens on stage ready to get baptized and it all started from like one of the one teens person just being like being on fire this. and like I'm gonna do this yeah. I'm gonna do this and and then all the other teens following suit mm-hmm. or it's like the, the 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 circle of friends that they're rolling with exactly like, start you know to, what I think that I should do it too they start yeah. to reevaluate some things and. They start following suit. And then also, just while we're on this, like, the youth, the youth knows how to reach the youth. Yeah. There's only so much, you know, me and Ernie's age group. We can reach our age group. Mm-hmm. But the new lingo, you know, cap, whatever. Yeah. I'm in my bag. Like, all of these. You, you know how to talk to somebody, yeah. you know, of your age bracket. I'm not talking about you in particular because yeah. you're older than that. Mm-hmm. But... Like I said, like drama, coming up with different ideas for, we, we got to tap into the youth and, and actually, I don't know, it takes the teens and the kids seeing exactly how valuable exactly. they are and how impactful they can be. I think they don't realize, like you said, they don't realize how, how much of an impact they can do because that's how I was, what I was going through also in high school is that, man, they, these kids ain't going to listen to me. Mm. But the thing was, I mean, I'm going to point this out so that way any any kid that's listening and not to take it for granted, if you feel that God's pulling you to talk to somebody in your school, you should do it. Because there's two instances where I missed God. There was a kid named Angel, I forgot his last name, and 
me in Chicago, I was very prejudiced towards gangbangers because in my mind, I'm like, you're going to die for some colors and it's in like the it's street. stupid. Yeah, you're dumb. You're, you know, so and mm. that, that was that was my opinion. So not even try to reach them. Exactly. So I was like, they ain't going to get saved. And so there was this kid, his name was Angel, he had glasses, and he wore a baggy shirt, baggy um, khakis, and he was in my in my gym. And all the time, like every single day, I think it was in junior year or senior year, but I would see um, I would see him. And he'll always wear his headphones. He wouldn't talk to anybody. I was like, oh, he just, you know, he's a game maker. Turns out he was never a game maker. But God was pulling on me to talk to him about, you know, getting saved, getting his his heart right, witnessing to him. And after high school, a month after, he ends up killing himself. Oh, man. Wow, bro. Yeah, and I'm like, and I see it on my Facebook, and I'm like, man. And that's, and instantly, like, it's, it's hard to talk about because, I mean, like I said, I, at that point, I missed God, and God was tugging at me. And in my mind, you're justifying, you're like, you're fighting God, and you're like, he's not going to say it because of his, how he mm. looks, judging by his cover, and he was never a game maker because people that were writing and sharing pictures, they're like, man, last week we just went to the to the canyon, or the, they, they went hiking, I remember this, they went hiking, they took pictures, he's like, yeah, I wish you would have told us something that you were going through this. And not only that, there was, so there's one, judged judged him because he looked like a game maker, and there was another kid you know, million dollar smile. He looked happy all the time, and God told me too. You know, talk to this kid. You know, tell him about me. And I'm like, no. Nah. And in my mind, so I made an excuse for the game baker because he's not gonna get right because he's so deep in his ways. Right. The second one was, oh no, he, you know, he he doesn't need God. He has he, it all together. He exactly, has a good life. Exactly. And then four months after high school, he ends up getting a car crash and dying. Oh man. So I'm like, so I think that's why I wanted in the podcast too. You need, we need to tell the kids like. If you're feeling the pool, do it. Your your words hold value. Yeah. And in your life, even if you never smoked, you never drink, you never drank, um, you never, you know, you're still a virgin. That's that's still a testimony to people. You know, it, it, your friends in school, even if they're not your friends. That you? that speaks a louder testimony yeah. to me, man, than than somebody who did go and lived the life of drinking and smoking, and then they come back to God because some folks that end up doing that, they don't survive. Yeah. They they don't ever come back. Mm-hmm. You know, so for a kid to tell me. Yeah, I'm still a virgin, and I'm waiting for my wife. Yeah, for a dude to say that, mm-hmm. and then I haven't smoked or drank anything, you know, and 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 I and I'm trying to tell you about God. Yeah, you know that to me is a lot more impactful, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, but kids don't see it that way. Exactly, yeah. right? They see it as this is like a weakness. Yeah, yeah that peer pressure, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? Definitely. No, that's that that right there is a good note, bro. Yeah, if I would have had one of those kids in my life growing up. You know, someone that didn't judge me, you know, hey, hey, you a virgin? Mm-hmm. And if, if I if I would have felt comfortable saying yes, mm-hmm. then, you know, a lot of things could have been different. Yeah. But since that peer pressure is there, you know, you're a virgin. No, I ain't a virgin. I've been with, you know. Mm-hmm. And then so now you got to keep up with your lie and you got to yeah. now you're out there seeking the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. But it only takes that one kid to be like, no, I'm a virgin, too, bro. Hey, keep it up, man. Yeah. We're in this together. Absolutely. Yeah. Bro, so that was, uh, no, that's really good for, you know, as far as the, uh, if you're a church kid out there and you're listening, you know, and you feel God pulling you to, to, to speak to your friend at, at school. Yeah. Tell them to take a risk. Yeah, man. Cause mm-hmm. it's not guaranteed that they'll get saved, but that seed would get planted and just right. like. And you never know what could yeah, come from exactly. that. exactly. And at least you did it. You know? Right, right. Because that's something that you gotta, and from what it sounds like, you carrying it. Yeah. You know, that's. It, yeah. It ponders on me sometimes. Yeah, cause that's and that's that's a tough one right there, man. Um, now, you were touched on this. I like to kind of go go into it a little bit deeper. Um, o- overcoming the failures of life, mm-hmm. 
you touched on how you were saved and as as a teenager and and how you ended up backsliding right yeah. overcoming that or you know what how about what what pitfalls to look out for mm-hmm. for the church kid for the mm, really you just need to with a pastor's kid. Pastor's kid, you need to just stick close to your, if you're a pastor's kid, stick close to your dad. Really, um, really, like I said, seek God for yourself because you're going to, I think wholeheartedly the devil goes after the parent, the, the kids for the, with being that the pastor's kids and whatnot because mm-hmm. that's their heart. And so mm-hmm. you're going to get, if you are a pastor's kid, you're going to get, you're going to be one of the ones that are being attacked. One of the main targets. Yeah, and what you want to look out for, especially with social media and all that, is, is lust mm-hmm. and pornography. You really got it. Get a grasp of that because that that deeps real rooted, and that started with me in Miami. And it started with me um, when the App Store first came out. Uh, they didn't have really good censorships or restrictions. And my dad and mom, me, my dad mentioned this to me the like a couple months ago about my daughter. He's like, and and make sure you know you, you don't be putting her in front of the screen, and, and whenever she grows up, make sure you you regulate you watch what she's on, what she's doing, because he said we made that mistake of not being that hands-on with you at that time when you first got your iPod Touch. We didn't know what it was capable of, mm-hmm. and at the, at, there was no age restriction on there. So I had uh, on the, I guess, top 10 apps, one of them was the Playboy app. Oh, wow. And, yeah, and uh, like I said, they didn't have really good uh, censorship. I didn't even know that they had that back yeah. then, bro. <laughs> so, right? I, you know, me, piquing my interest, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a preteen going, in, going mm-hmm. through puberty, yeah. and I touch it, and then I look down, and they had pictures, but... Only only certain things were censored, but there was enough to, to enough to enough yeah. for the imagination, yeah, exactly. right? As a kid, exactly. And then shortly after, I mean, I would just go off of that. And mm-hmm. then after after that, um, be still being in Miami. After after that, I actually went ahead and went on the incognito mode mm-hmm. and looked it up. And that's when I mean, I remember feeling my innocence leaving, leaving me. Wow. I felt I was just shaking, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like it, nothing wow. was censored. All everything was exposed, and even in my naive mind, I thought it was going to be the same thing as those pictures, like like mm-hmm. the little black strip and yeah. stuff like that. But yeah, it was no. Everything. I remember that too, man. Yeah, I was just like, oh, I, like you said, shaking. Now that I, now that I recall back, man, my uncle had a tape sitting out, and mm-hmm. I put it in the into the tape play the VCR, and I'm just like, like it was like life was different after yeah. that, like. And no, so I know what you mean, man. Pandora's box. And we yeah. just we just did an episode on, and we hit on yeah. pornography, the man. Many faces of self control. Many one faces. Of the things that you want to look out for because once once it digs into you with its claws, it, is set it in digs deep. in deep. Oh, yeah. It digs in deep. So goodness gracious. So that's 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 one of the pitfalls to look out for. What else? Like as far as uh, friends. Excuse me. Um, friends like friends in the world mm-hmm. or. Or choosing like your friends, like well, kind yeah, because of, like because yeah. you got circle. church, you yeah, got you church. got church kids that are that are you know they got their inner circle at, yeah. at at church, they got their circle of friends, but they also got friends at at school, yeah, you know those that are in public school, mm-hmm. yeah, really, you're gonna be who you hang around with. It may it may be cool to hang out with the the game maker type dude, or it may be cool to hang out with the with the pothead, but don't don't even test those waters. Like that's what you should look out for. Don't even hang around those those people. Because I remember in sophomore year, I came to auto class six hours, was the last hour. And I remember looking at this kid, and his, you know, he's all high, bloodshot. And he was like, I was like, you good? He was like, yeah, I'm just high. And I was like, oh, okay, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know how that feels. He's like, what? And it was like unknown to him. And he was like, you never got high before? I was like, nope, not at all. He was like, and it so happens the guy behind him 
was a dealer. He was like, hey, he never had, he's like, oh, wow. he's like, he never had, you know, he never smoked before. He's like, you never smoked? And I was like, I was like, nope. He's like, you know how it feels? I was like, nope. And he's like, it feels like you're like Superman and the Hulk put together. <laughs> and I was like, eh. Wow. Uh, no, and, and I was like, oh, that, that's cool. But I was like, I'm not interested. He was like, hey, man, for you, I'll give you a dime, you know, a dub for free. I was like, no, I'm good. Wow. I'm, I'm straight. Won't, won't the devil do that, yeah, huh? Yeah, just That's to give you a, a taste. Lot, Ain't that something, yeah. bro? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nah, I'm good. So it's really, you want to watch. Oh you, oh, you passed on that? I passed it, yeah, I didn't. Oh, yeah. oh wow. Praise God. <laughs> passed yeah. that test, bro. Yeah, I did. How old were you at the time? I was sophomore, so 15. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't have passed at that time. I, wasn't, yeah. I was nowhere near saved. Yeah, no, I passed on that. And nice. That's good. Yeah, so just really watch out who you hang out with. Pick your friends mm-hmm. wisely and really um, look for toxic behaviors because... I know there was this one kid, me and him, were, um, he met me while I was ho- homeschooled during, because uh, I'll play basketball all the time underneath the bridge in Chicago, and I would hate when people would mention, yeah, he's homeschooled, and they'd have all these questions. Right. And so he's like, so how's that, how's homeschooling, and how is that? I'm like, man, I'm just in my pajamas, I'm doing school, that's it. And so we end up, you know, he ended up being my friend, and when I went to high school, people were like, yo, you hate out with Jesus? I was like, yeah, he's like, that dude's weird. I'm like, nah, man, he's not weird. And that's my boy. That's my friend. I don't see any, any alarming things because I was naive to it. But he was very, um, I started hanging out with, I, he called it the popular popular crowd, but it was just, they were just funny people. That's it. And so mm-hmm. I introduced them, uh, him to them and then, you know, they took him in and whatnot. And then he slowly would get upset and jealous of just that I was cool with them and like, they liked me. Even when we played volleyball one time, I remember I spiked it down. And I mean, I, I talked a lot of trash. So I was like, yeah, you know, celebrating. He's like, you think you're all, you think you're hot stuff or something? You think you're all cool? And he was trying to fight me. I'm like, yo, we're friends. Like, we're, I was your friend before I was even their friend. Like, we should yeah. be closer. Like, what the heck is, what's going on with you? So him, I had to, yeah, I had to drop him because even after high school, I remember he was on, I had him on Snapchat. And after high school, I wasn't partying and doing anything. I was working. I was trying to work, trying to work because as any um, young, uh, you know, young kid that's a young, young boy in the church they want to grow up and get married yeah. so i was just trying to make money do it all that and i remember him posting he legit posted my house on his snapchat story he's like and shout out to all the fake friends that done i'm like dang bro like i'm just busy with life wow yeah so just be careful with with those so types from of what it sounds like that's um it sounds like a hater yeah so mm-hmm. just so it's, as far as toxicity goes mm-hmm. you want to you want to be careful with the haters yeah Right mm-hmm. where it, it may not be evident at mm-hmm. first because haters are never yeah. they're never evident at first, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, exactly. It's not up until after the fact that it's like, oh, did you hear what Anthony was doing? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's whatever. Yeah, it's like, oh man, well, okay, yeah, somebody's it, hating, mm-hmm. right? And betrayal is gonna happen because, like I said on my on my second episode, I had a friend and um, me, me, him. I mean, he, uh, you seen him? He's the white boy at, at my wedding. Yeah, but him. He, I mean. I pretty much raised this kid, even though he was only like two years under than me, and he didn't he didn't know how to talk to girls. I taught him all that, and I ta- you know, and he was going to church with us at the time. He even moved with me in my apartment, and he was mad that because at, at the agreement was that six months he was gonna leave my apartment and he was gonna do his own thing, and he was working for me. And, I mean, there was times I had to wake him up to go to work. I'm like, like his mother. I'm like, don't wake up. You're at, he- at what age did did you have your own apartment? Age, Just curious. Eight nineteen. At 19. 19. Okay. So okay. I would go to my own job mm-hmm. doing pest control. And he was working for me and my dad. And I have to, you know, wake him up and snap. And, you know, we, we, my dad went above and beyond for this kid. Like when he was living with us in my parents' home, he would go out and wouldn't come back home until like two or three. And he, wow. he was more lenient with him than with me. And he was like, Alan, you know, just come home at, at, a, at 10 or 11. Please don't try to sneak in through the back. He's like, you know, I got you know, my daughters. I don't want 
anybody seeing you and try to do mm-hmm. the same thing or whatnot. And so it, it came to a point where he started disrespecting my dad. And then mm-hmm. after that, started disrespecting me and just slandering me. Like mm-hmm. everything I confided, things I confided in, you know, in him with and all that stuff, he would go with my our mutual friends and say, oh, Anthony said this about you. And even if it wasn't true, a lot of those things were true because really we're just talking about, oh, this girl likes me or whatever. Just talk about, you know, whatever this shit. Yeah, that just shit. small things. Yeah, small yeah. things. And then he, so I remember one friend was like, you know, telling me these things and stuff like that. I'm like, where'd you hear this from? He's like, it doesn't matter because I know it's true because someone that's really close to you told me these things, so it has to be true. Wow. I'm like, what in the world? And it wasn't until I confronted him that he was like, yeah, I said this stuff. And I'm like, bro, why? Like, I I, let, I, I, I will pay for you for McDonald's. I fed right. you. I clothed you. And all, a whole bunch of stuff. I'm bet- betrayal is going to happen. So even picking your own friends, I mean, everybody can switch up. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. You're taking a gamble with anybody you have a friend with. So, yeah. So, and, and I was going to, you know, I'll let you finish, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so, but you're absolutely right where... Whenever you open up yourself to anybody mm-hmm. to come into your circle or to come into your your space, you know, you make yourself vulnerable. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Whenever you let some uh, someone in and you never really exactly know how they're going to treat that. Mm-hmm. Right. And so balance there is, you know, so what are you going to do? You, you're going to close yourself up for the rest of your life? No. You yeah. know, because within within friendships, there's always going to be some sort of disagreement. Mm-hmm. There's going to be always going to be some sort of conflict, you know. Yeah. And uh, with, with with someone like that, you know, from just kind of bringing it back to, you know, church kids and stuff like that, be, you know, you got to be understanding that this is from what it sounds like someone that was in the world. Yeah. Right. Someone that wasn't saved, someone that was raised already yeah. in the streets. Mm-hmm. Right. And now you're trying to your dad mm-hmm. trying to disciple him. Yeah. Right. And raise him up in the house of God. And, and so there's a lot of deep roots from the streets mm-hmm. that that still remain. Yeah. Right. Where where you're going to you're going to bite the hand that feeds you. Mm -hmm. You probably never knew that 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 that's what you don't do. You know, like you're not supposed to do that. Yeah. But because the world can be so twisted, Mm -hmm. you know, that's that's something that needs to be filtered out. So what the what that shows me, because I've definitely experienced that I've 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 experienced, you know, you know, folks, you know, being being close and then the, the relationship isn't as close as it used to be. And I. You can never control what the other person does, but you can control what you do. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know you can you can control what you as as a church kid does. Yeah, right. And and so you need to kind of rise above that situation. Mm-hmm. And so then it may not be the easiest thing to do, but what are you going to do? You know, yeah. are you going to the other alternative is I'm going to shell up yeah. and ain't nobody going to crack the shell ever mm-hmm. again. Well, yeah. that right there doesn't sound like a good life that you're gonna try to lead, yeah. you know. And if you hold hold on to those 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 principles, then you'll end up, you know, being a small package, yeah. you know. And and so one of the beautiful things though mm-hmm. is that whenever conflict does happen, and and you have people that are godly minded, that there may be a disagreement, there may be a conflict that may separate you for a time being, and then when you come back together. That relationship is never the same. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's never like it was at first. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason for that. It's never like the way, the way that it was before because you've grown, yeah. and so has that person. Mm-hmm. So what what ends up happening is that now that that friendship has become stronger mm-hmm. than what it was before. Yeah. yeah. So just just saying it'll never be the same as it was at first. Well, that's a good thing, bro. That yeah. that that doesn't necessarily mean that that's a negative thing. Yeah. You know, because now you can you've you've both grown, 
it's almost like like two warriors battle hardened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where where we would be fighting in the same army, we'd be fighting the 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 same battles. For one reason or another, my battle took me this way, your battle took me that way. Mm-hmm. But then we come back together to fight the same battle again and and I'm looking at you and I see the scars that you got. Yeah. You looking at me and you recognizing the scars that I got without me having to say nothing. You yeah. could just tell, man, this yeah. this man is battle hardened. Yeah. And so am I. And we could do some damage, bro. Mm-hmm. You, you yeah. know what I mean? That's good stuff. Yeah. And so, but uh, that that's that's I uh, like that input that you said. You know, where it's like you know you 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 got to be careful, mm-hmm. right? And you got to kind of rise above the situation yeah. when it comes to something like that. Yeah, and have that balance of knowing that some people that are in the world uh, world have that habit of mm-hmm. what it is. How do you behave in the world? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. You got to balance that out and filter it. Who's going to be the big the bigger person. Yeah. 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 We're all sinners saved by grace too. That's, I think that's what people forget and that we're all, we all come from, we all came from the world. And now we're all saved trying to live right. And some, some habits don't, don't leave. And, you know, you just got to pray for your brother. If you do have a conflict with them that, no doubt that, you know, they grow out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, God deals with them. They get delivered. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So question, mm-hmm. when you were in Chicago, you were, you were going to public school. Yeah. Sophomore year all the way. He to was. Senior. And so your dad pioneering a church. So there weren't many people in a church at the time, right? Like yeah. any, any kids around your age at the time? For, for a short while, all my friends on the block were going, were going to church. And okay. they, they all just ended up leaving. Right. So, so my question to you is, um, you know how, you know, kids are impressionable and, you mm-hmm. know, they kind of want to fit in. Yeah. They want to find their identity somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with the different dynamic of being a pastor's kid, you know, going out to a, a town where, you know, you don't have any friends. Yeah. Um, there's no kids in the church mm-hmm. that are grounded or, you know, are good role models for you to kind of cling to. Right. Yeah. So that pull from going to public school and seeing those kids and having that urge to kind of want to fit in. How did you stay grounded in your Christianity or was there a time where, you know, looking like the kids at school was desirable? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How'd you deal with that? Well, I think it's different in my case because with Chicago, I mean, the most I didn't nothing was was appealing uh, with the other kids and their lifestyle. I really just hung out with like at, in high school, like people that liked sports, and and they were just they're funny. Ah, uh, because of the extreme of yeah. the streets, exactly. So, so you had enough sense to be like, I don't want to look like mm-hmm. those kids. I don't exactly. want to. That's good. Cause I, I had a conversation with Raymond mm-hmm. and like, um, which is my oldest son yeah. for anyone listening. Uh, and he was like, you know, I hear stories about these kids and you know what goes on at home yeah. and it makes me grateful for what I have at home. And I thank God that he understands that perspective mm-hmm. because sometimes, you know, you know, if you get rejected from the kids in church mm-hmm. or you don't have a group that you fit into within, yeah. within the church and you find like some kind of identity in some unsaved kids in school, right? Then you start clinging to that, and you start, you know, valuing those relationships, and you wanted to, you know, kind of mimic that behavior. Yeah. But I'm, I thank God that He had that perspective, and He was like, "I don't want that," because yeah. I know I, I see what I have here at home, That's good, and I'm grateful. Yeah. So I think it was, so keeping that perspective right was was crucial for you. Yeah. In, in the first three months of sophomore year, I legit sat and. By myself on the lunch table. That's it. Cause wow. It's just because like, that's hard for a kid I, to do, man. Because yeah, it was like 
I wasn't in public school for the longest. And right. all I heard was like, the reason why I wasn't uh, in freshman, well, why I didn't go to public school um, during my freshman year is because there was some girl that came, was coming to the church and she was uh, a year above me. And my mom was asking her questions because, you know, she's, we're all new to Chicago. All we hear is gang violence and stuff like that. So she's like, so how's the schools here? She's like, oh, my. And she was a nerd. But she was just like, there's fights every day. You know, your son is going to, you know, get beat up. And, and my mom was like, oh, you're not doing a freshman. And I was like, dang, dang it. Your yeah. son's so, going to get beat up. Yeah, so, and it wasn't even like that. If you're not if you're not in the gang and you're just minding your own business, nothing's going to happen. You knew true. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that, I mean, that's why for the first three months and – at the uh, during my lunch hour, people in my gym that I would play basketball with, they would sit. I mean, uh, you know, in the in the like in my in our view, and I was like, man, I, I mean, I didn't know how things went. I don't know if I can just go over there and just hang out with them, sit down, mm-hmm. and know how how the uh, the logistics went yeah. with high school and public school. Because I mean, the little little movies I've seen of high school, they're yeah. all all old school, and they're all like right. Um, or jocks and, and emo people and all that stuff. So I'm like, man, what do I fit in? You right, know, I'm, right. I'm a Christian boy, yeah. and there's no Christians here because, you know, it's very segregated, segregated and they didn't have no Bible club. So I'm like, who, yeah. where do I fit in? What so, do I? Yeah, yeah exactly. So I, I kind of understand what, what you know, you were talking about the whole, you know, where do you fit in and whatnot. But really, I make your own group. I, mm. I think kids need to know that not er- nobody's cool. Everybody's weird. There's no normal. I yeah. mean, if you feel like I'm too weird to hang out with them, man, just be yourself. Be yourself. Go over there. Because I, eventually, I did. I was like, I went over there and sat with the friends that I played basketball with in gym. And they're like, man, we thought you were too. They, they were like, we thought you, you felt you were too good to sit with us. And I was uh, like, no, nah, I was just nervous and thinking that, yeah, I would, that, that you, you guys, guys would too judge good. me. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you guys were too good for me. So right. So you can you you never know what the outcome is if yeah. you just kind of just just roll the dice and just mm-hmm. be yourself. Yep. And just get out there and start talking to people. Yeah, exactly. Find That's your confidence good. in being the Christian kid. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. good. Be okay with that. Yeah. Because I think uh, I'm, I'm glad he, he Raymond seen that because um, there was a kid that was going into, uh, that was coming to my dad's church. And, I, you know, he looked like an emo kid. But apparently his dad was um, an SD, a Satan disciple. No, and, snap. And, yeah, so what, what um, he was raising up his hand. This kid is smart. He's all A's, AP classes, and he was telling his son, "You're gonna be a second disciple just like me. You're gonna wow. be in SD. You're gonna be in games." And it, he was like, "You need, you know, drop all this school stuff. You're, this is what your life is gonna be because I am part of a game. You're gonna yeah. follow suit." And so, um, his testimony was that he was, um, his dad was would always be on his his mom whenever you know he'll get drunk, and then at 11 years old he goes and has to stab his dad his dad in the back because he wouldn't stop being on his mom. And like, I'm glad Raymond seen that he's seen other um, people in his school and the lives they have, that Mm -hmm. it's not all nice and dandy and whatnot because, and being in Chicago, you, you run into that a lot. I remember um, uh, this is one. Yeah. I'm going to say his name. His name is Moises. I'm Mm going to say his last name because he, he's doing a lot of stuff. He's probably wanted or whatnot, but I remember him sitting in front of me in, in history and I remember him telling me, I don't know why I didn't witness to him either, but he was like, he was like, I don't even care about this stuff. And like talking about school and I'm like, okay, man, like, why are you here? He's like, I don't know. I'm just here just because I got friends here. He's like, my mom told me ever since, because his dad knocked up his mom mm. and left, left her. Mm. And he, I guess he looks like him. He was like, mom told me ever since I was born that she hates me. And because she, cause he looks like yeah, her dad. Yeah. He's his like, dad. he said, if my own mom doesn't care for me, why do I care for myself? Oh, wow, bro. Yeah. So that's like, so stinking wrong. Yeah. And he ends up joining the game too. Man. So many broken people out exactly. there, bro. Yeah. So many broken people, man. Yeah. But um, 
Now, so you talked about how when 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 you when you were in church mm-hmm. and and you backslid as a teenager, right? Yeah. At what age did you backslide? I say like nine, like nineteen. At nineteen, so you were already myself. you had already graduated high school and yeah. you were already working. Yeah, and I think you said that around that time you were already you had your own apartment. Yeah, so you were already on your own pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, did you decide to move out of your dad's house uh, before? Like before you backslid or was it after you backslid that you're like, you know what? I'm out of here. No, I think, I mean, growing up, I always wanted to be out the house and be my own man. You wanted to be independent? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I had the money to do it. And so I went ahead and ended up moving out. And uh, it wasn't until I was just depressed because I didn't have no relationship with God. I didn't even know it that I didn't have a relationship with God. I thought I was still good. Mm -hmm. I thought I was just being depressed just because, you know, that, you know, that's just what I'm going through. Um, but it wasn't until one of my friends that I hardly hung out with, but he was like, you want you know, you, this will make you feel better. And it was a joint. And it mm-hmm. was, this was after high school. During high yeah. school, I was never smoked. Right. Anything. You mentioned that yes. it wasn't appealing to you, but yeah. after high school, was yeah, because I needed things. something. I felt like it, since I had, I wasn't reading my Bible, wasn't praying. And I felt like I was doing everything that I was supposed to be doing because mm-hmm. I guess I was so used to it as a kid, like not reading my Bible and not doing all this stuff. So I was like, I'm doing the same thing. That, that you were doing before, before yeah, so, and it's like it shouldn't make yeah, a difference exactly. now. Why do I feel like there's still something missing? Because I wasn't really seeking God right. like I should have been, like a real, like a, like how adults do now. The yeah. hell we are Living out your Christianity. Exactly. So um, once he, you know, I was like, you know, why not? Let's just see if it works. And so sure enough, he taught me how to smoke it, coughing and whatnot. Nothing said to me at first. Once I took my first step, that's when it hits me. And then. After that was wrapped, you got like, hooked to that, yeah, to that like, feeling. Yeah, because I was like, finally, it felt like at that moment, it felt like, oh man, all this is all this weight I've been carrying is just left. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, I'm like, if this feels good, what it's kind of like the, it's kind of like the tooth fairy in Santa Claus. I was like, oh, they lied to me about this. You know what? What, what else? What else did they lie about? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was like, man, I'm gonna try everything. And so wow. I had my own place, and I was I, I was with Alan. He wasn't saved, fully saved, and he was in the world. Mm-hmm. And so we just ended like. He, if I didn't put it, I was bad, but I was as bad as him because he was always like, all we had to do was give our landlord at least a month in advance and he would let us have a party. Mm-hmm. Like upstairs, and we lived above him. Mm-hmm. And so he said, like, we're having parties every month. I'm like, no, we're not, man. No, we're not. So yeah. <laughs> I would do, you know, we would have parties at my, at my place and whatnot. And it was just for me to fill a void. And I was just digging a deeper hole because I, I went from weed and then, and then drinking liquor and then mixing those two. And then sure enough, after that, he was, uh, Alan was bringing in a friend that was into every drugs. He was popping Xanax and all this stuff. And he was always like, almost like a salesman to me, trying to, like an advocate for drugs. And I'm yeah. like, dude, I'm not interested. Man. Like Trying I'm, to convince you yeah. to try this new thing, uh-huh. the latest and greatest. Yeah, so, 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 so he, go, ahead. Go, go ahead. So he put me on to like, to, at the time, lean, like drinking lean. And then he even tried to do, have me do coke and Xanax. I'm like, dude, I'm not doing all that stuff. Goodness gracious. It, it wasn't until someone recorded me of me off all these, like these three things, me looking, I was like, I look dumb like i look like mm-hmm. like something's really wrong with me and there's something was and every time you're on the in the the port was the porcelain goddess they said and i was just embarrassed so that i should i know what's right and what's wrong why am i living this? i shouldn't be here and then and sure you know before I, before i knew it that i wanted to stop i couldn't it was just it, it was so addicting and and um the roots were deep within me and i was by myself so so what what Cause you to finally come well no let me pose this question because mm-hmm. obviously you knew that you were doing wrong yeah what kept you from finally going back to church 
I think I, yeah, yeah. well, really, because uh, it was like a whole year or like eight, nine months that I was doing all that. And I was only seeing my family during, during like Sundays and Wednesdays during mm-hmm. church. And I didn't know how much pool and how much, like I was being sec- secluding myself until I was isolating isolated, yourself. Isolated, yeah, mm-hmm. isolating myself until I was like, until I, I didn't, there was things my sisters were going through I didn't even know about. Wow. And I was like, why, I mean, why? This how come my I didn't family. know yeah, this? Yeah, how come I didn't know all this mm-hmm. stuff? Not only that, but during that time, I was making a lot of money. Like for a kid my age, mm-hmm. it wasn't until we went to our account with me and my dad. And my dad didn't know I was doing any of this stuff. And um, she was like, you made, uh, oh, yeah, so you made $80,000. And I'm like, oh, yeah, both of us, like 40, 40? And she was like, no, you made 80 and your dad made 80. Now, it was, it, what my dad did with the 80 was mm-hmm. buying suits. My dad had a, had a problem buying, like, church suits. And he had a, <laughs> he had a problem. <laughs> yeah. And I was like. That's and, a good problem, yeah. considering the alternative, <laughs> yeah, bro. Exactly. Yeah, right, yeah, right. And I was just like, I, I, like, I had nothing that? to show for it. I yeah. had nothing to show for it. I was like, I made that much this year? Are you sure? And I had cash, too, yeah. like, locked up in my closet. And I was like, I didn't know you're lying. Like, check the numbers again. I know this is how much you made, and you owe the IRS this much. And I'm like, wow. I was spending, oh, the devil really had everything. I, I was really a slave to, mm. to my sin because I was spending, like, every every other day I was buy like, a, like an ounce. Every other day I will buy an ounce of weed. And then we'll all smoke it that night. And then the next couple of days, I buy another ounce. And wow, then so you just smoked your money away. It, your money literally it, went up in up flames. And smoke. Exactly. Up in smoke. Yeah. Exactly. That's a, yeah. So, so what? So what? But what? What kept you from going back to church? It's because you were having so much fun mm-hmm. that you're like, I'm having so much fun, so I really don't need to go yeah. back to church. No. Well, once the sin came in, um, that's when I, like I said, that's when I realized, like, whenever I wanted to go back, I felt embarrassed to go back. Mm, no, okay. very embarrassed. Like, man, like. They're good. Then no shame. doubt. Yeah, shame, exactly. And no doubt there are some haters, like you said. So even even I'm pretty sure some for no apparent reason, maybe because some people's kids aren't like these people's kids. They're like, Oh, you know, they're not really that saved like how they, they think they are. And then when they grow up and they get to taste of the real world and mm-hmm. they fall like I did, they're like, See, I told you. Like the whole time I knew he was gonna fall. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I felt like there's some people waiting. Some people for, expecting yeah, like, expect, Oh, I can't wait until they, he falls on yeah, his exactly. face. So, so he that, can so and you want to face those people again. Exactly. So I was like, man, you know, I, I, I'm ashamed because I just, you know, I, I should have been different. Mm. You know, like I said, being like my dad's son, I should have been different. You know, I I was more mature than my average, my age group. Yeah, I, I fell to all this, all this sin and, you know, fell deep within it. And um, it wasn't until my dad was like, listen, you know, I confessed to my dad and he was like, listen, everybody's poop stinks. Mm-hmm. Everybody's poop stinks. And was good about the grace of God is that there's always redemption mm-hmm. and he's not done with you. If he's still breathing, he's not done with you. So I was like, okay. And it was hard to get back into it. Cause I felt like all eyes were on me, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I got back into it and. Well, okay. So what, so what do you think now talking, mm-hmm. let's, let's do the contrast to the church kids yeah, and the, uh, the, uh, the pastor's kids mm-hmm. that end up giving into sin or just, uh, end up falling, you know, falling for, Whatever, fill in your blank, you know, yeah. if you're a church kid or if you were raised in church, fill in your blank, fill in their blank of this is why they're not coming to church anymore. What do you think keeps them, them from coming back to church? I think, what, to be honest, they just, the fact that some people probably do know their dirt and know that they just don't want to face those people like, like Raymond was saying. I They don't, because they, we don't, we don't want to face those people and we don't want to see them and they just... I mean, it's it's hard to come back because you're embarrassed. It, like the weight of it, the the 
very way to it's really it's really really yeah and you have the devil whispering to you like yeah you're i mean you're just gonna fall again and that's how i really felt too like i think a lot of us condemnation yeah we don't want to come back until oh until i I stop drinking maybe Mm -hmm. if i stop drinking and just smoke and do this uh taking off the list one at a time i have to be perfect in order to go back you know what i'm saying yeah but we don't realize that we can just go as we are. And no, God that's can, when you're supposed to come to God exactly. is when you're not perfect. Yeah. It's when you're at right. your worst yeah. that you need to come back to God, that you need to come to God because yeah. he's the one that patches us up. Man. Exactly. But I think that's what we, I didn't, I mean, myself, I didn't realize that. I was like, you know, I was like, no, 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 let me, let me get, because I, I didn't want to, you know, I, I think the, the biggest thing is failure. You're worried about failing again. Right. Because you don't want to, you know, you're getting saved uh, get baptized again and then get filled with the Holy Ghost and then you're scared that you're going to fall again and mm. it's that you're let, you, you mean you know that you let people down. I mean, I felt it because, I mean, after that, when I came back to church, I know there's a um, a kid, he plays in the dr- uh, drums, he plays the drums in my dad's church now and he had told me, he said, hey, I just want to, he, he has a brother and he was like, I just want to let you know you're always a brother, like a brother to me and he was like, um, I always watched you while you're, you're in church and you're, you know, you really motivated me to serve God and whatnot and I was like, Okay, and I, it was a good it was a good thing to hear that. Yeah, you know? but uh, you don't you don't want to let people down. And at the same time, yeah. you carry that weight where yeah. it's like, man, mm-hmm. I will let this person down. When yeah. you do fall, right? Mm-hmm. It's like I let this person mm-hmm. down. It's a healthy pressure. Yeah. So I feel like we um we don't think that maybe they don't have as much faith in God's power. If they could really change them. That it could be a permanent thing. You know, like right. like the whole thing is failure. Uh, to be honest, I think it's just failing again. Right. Like, and that's the reason why they don't come back. Because, like, man, I felt this bad. And if I, you know, get, you know, it, get, when God does redeem me, if I fail again, it's going to be even worse, maybe. I don't know. Because we grow up with knowing the repercussions of sin and, mm. you know, the, the seven the seven uh, demons and you're, you're being worse than what, what you were before, you know? So, think, right. Just yeah. bringing a little bit of a balance to that, to that scripture. I don't know it off the top of my head, but it's, it's referencing to. Um, when, when, um, whenever you are living right for God and you have the Holy Spirit living within you, right? Everything, when you come to God, there's, there's like a picture of, of a demon pretty much living in your mind Mm -hmm. and just tearing everything up. And whenever you come to God, it's like God kicks that demon out, you know, and, and then evicts him. And then the Holy ghost comes in and begins to clean everything up in your mind and everything is nice and order. But when you're not constantly moving forward in Christ and you're in a place of standstill and it's in that standstill where you begin to ignore what the, you know, the different convictions ignore the, maybe you're not living out your Christianity. You've already gotten saved, but you're not living out your, your Christian life. And then the Holy ghost just kind of, you stop listening to him. So now that, that he was filling that space, that space is gone now. But the Bible speaks about that, that, that devil that was one at one point living in your mind now finds its way back to your mind and sees that, that it's, that it's cleaned up and everything is good to go. And there's no Holy, Holy, Holy spirit. The one that, that evicted him ain't living in there no more. So he, he sees it and he's like, I'll be right back. He goes and comes back with seven more mm-hmm. spirits that are, that are more wicked than he was. And they come in and they start living in there and start partying. Yeah. So your mind becomes jumbled, bro. Like yeah. way worse than what it was before. So, um, but I think that you're, you're definitely, um, you're definitely on point with, 
that condemnation mm-hmm. because me as 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 an adult you know living for Christ within the last 16 years there there was a, a like like two year period where I was backslidden you know and I was I was gone I wasn't in church at all and I had I had this heavy weight that I was carrying when I first decided finally decided to come back to church I was like man everybody knows my business like you automatically feel like hot because you feel like people mm-hmm. are looking at you. Yeah. And it's like that was furthest from the truth for me, man. Yeah. And it was it it's like it's all in your head and that's what the enemy uses to kind of lie to you. Yeah. yeah. To keep you from coming. Yeah. And I and every single time service was was finished, I was out. I was yeah. like, "All right, yeah. I'm I'm leaving. I'll wait in the car." You know, because I didn't want anybody to come up to me and talk to me. Mm-hmm. Nobody asking me, hey, it's, you know, or anybody saying anything stupid, you yeah. know? Right. And when all actuality, folks were kind of looking for me yeah. and because they were happy to see me, mm-hmm. you know, when mm-hmm. the, the reality was that people were happy to see me back in church yes. yeah. and they're with open arms. Like, yeah. man, I'm so glad to see you. Like not even yeah. bring, nobody brought up my past for nothing, bro. Nope. Nobody brought up my mistake for nothing, dude. It wasn't even spoken about. And yeah. that's. But that's something that I had to push through. And and it's funny you say that because it, it's like a very familiar spirit. And that's how you know it's it's a spiritual thing. Because uh I was standing uh watch at the uh the front desk security and I and I used to work in children's church and so I work with a lot of teens and a lot of kids and stuff. Yeah. And so like you said, I've seen teens grow up mm-hmm. um and leave the church sadly and not come back. Well, this particular day you know, a girl that, you know, used to serve in children's church. I hadn't seen her in forever. And I see her and she's wearing a mask and I see her eyes and I, I instantly recognize who she was. And I'm like, hey, so-and-so, how are you doing? It's so good to see you. Yeah. Right. And like, I'll never forget like the look on her face. Like she, she didn't even want to stop and like talk to me for a second. Like it was good to see her again. Yeah. You know, it was, and just it like was a, genuine. It was genuine. Huh? But Jared, in her mind, it was probably like, oh, man, exactly this guy knows what I did. Like, uh, right. I don't even want to draw any attention to myself. Yeah. Like, let yeah. me just mm-hmm. let, me, let me just come in and sit down because yeah. I need to go to church. And I was I was I was so I was ecstatic to see her back in church. I even went to a few people like, hey, hey, did you see someone? So was here. It's yeah. awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And um, but, yeah, no, I could see the condemnation all over her. Oh, bro. It, it, it plays a trick on people. It plays a trick. And it says, you know. It says people don't want to see me come back. People are in church laughing or this and that. And people are talking about people me. People are Everybody, happy that, I've, that, I, that I fell into people sin. People are waiting. You know, like they were waiting for me to fall on my face. And, yeah. and now I got to go back and see these people. Exactly. Right? And this is me as an adult. Like I could right. only imagine as a teenage yeah. kid mm-hmm. raising church, church yeah. where image is still a huge factor. Oh, yeah. Right. When you're 19, 20, 21, 22, 23 even up to 25 yeah. your image still plays a factor in your yep. mind right you how you perceive yourself how other people perceive you Not even 35 man so i could even see that as like uh like like a barrier right mm-hmm. like something that you need to break through mm-hmm. you know in in order to really kind of get into the attitude of man mm-hmm. i could care less what people say yeah yeah don't forget about the prodigal son I mean, yeah that's right don't forget about the prodigal son prodigal sons and daughters come home yeah teens young teen if you hear this Used to be in the church. Come back. We want to see you in the church. We love you. Come back. Absolutely. That's right. Ain't ain't nobody really really thinking about why why you left in the first. I don't place. care why yeah. you left. I don't even remember why half mm. the people left. It's man. just good to see it's you just, again. Yeah, 
it is no better life than serving serving God. Because, like I said, I mean, I, I felt like I lived the product with something because I had the rich, not riches, that I wasn't super rich, but for my age, yeah, I had good. a lot of money. And I was doing partying, drinking, doing all that stuff, and it did lift me very empty. Yeah. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade, you know, my Christian life for anything else. Yeah, man. No, that's, that's all good stuff, man. And, uh, I think that there's, you know, I think that we can, we can kind of take, take our kids for granted as far as what they got going on and, and how they're, you know, I think that they could take their, their lives for granted when they're living in church. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. They're living protected. Mm -hmm. They're living somewhat sheltered. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like when they get, you know, when they see their friends kind of fall and go into a different lifestyle, it, it almost to them is like, it's a bummer at first, but then it's, it may be enticing where it's like, I'm curious, man, what's yeah. on the other side. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, and what I tell my kids and I'm like, Hey, the grass ain't always greener on the other side. Yep. Mm-hmm. The grass is greener where you water it. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. You sit here and you, and, and you begin to apply yourself here mm-hmm. and you're going to, this is where it's going to be good. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. now, can you can you talk to us about like becoming becoming your own man and being on your own? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was uh, the transition from going from my dad being the pastor to to our pastor. It was uh, I know that back at home in Chicago, it was hard for me to actually submit under my dad because he was my dad, and I couldn't see him as a pastor. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of pastors' kids. If they struggle have, with that, struggle with that. Yeah, if they, it, I mean, they don't even have to be fully a, a rebellious, you know, habits or whatnot. They just they can't really see, you know. I mean, my dad wasn't living wrong at all behind closed doors. He was living a godly man behind closed doors and outside. Yeah. But it's just I don't know why. And I, even because he's dead, he's dead. Yeah. And so when he would tell me something, I'd mean, like, I'll, I'll do that, and I'll realize that his disciples are watching. Afterwards, I'm like, I shouldn't have done that because you know. I don't, I'm, he's my dad, he's my blood, but if, I like I say, if another Hard man, for you to separate yeah, that. Yeah, so, so yeah, it, 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 I mean, um, being my own man over here, I mean, I really had to bootstrap it because the only income I had was doing the calls and, and scheduling um, my workers for over there in Chicago because uh, ever since that, you know, making that much money, I had to be on like a salary uh, so that way I don't owe the IRS. So mm-hmm. I was even paying like pretty much minimal wage uh, from like a nine to five. And that's all what I was living off of, and I was trying to start my business here, and that was that was very hard, very hard because nobody knows me, nobody in Virginia knows me. Right. I'm just some brown young kid, and even now I still get it. Like, how you know all this stuff? Like, I even ran to a, a guy I was doing an inspection for. He was like, he was like, uh, I was talking about my business in Chicago, and I was showing pictures of, of bugs and whatnot. He was like, Man, you're like 14. How do you have two businesses? And I was like, <laughs> Well, I'm not 14. I'm 24. But uh, I said, I mean, I mean, I just made better choices and i was um you know rather than playing video games and doing other things as my my youth 19 i just wanted to make money and be out the house and be my own man i always strive strive to be my own man when i was younger but to be here and bootstrap it was hard it was very hard there's a lot i'm just barely seeing now profit from starting a business three years later Mm -hmm. the first two years I was paying Google ads out of pocket, obviously, and Yelp ads, $300 a month. Now I'm doing, like, a magazine for $900 uh, a month and not see anything from it. No mm. no new customers or, not, uh, or whatnot. So mm. really just to bootstrap it and trying to be my own man, you really have to. Um, I, the biggest thing I had to do from going from my dad being a pastor and to going from our pastor was that being 
on uh, taking authority. Like you gotta, you, you know, you gotta, you know, submit under authority. Mm-hmm. You're not all that. And then whether you know you do have an entrepreneur, you know, spirit, or you've been through a lot. You, you do, like I said before, I did homeschool. I had to homeschool myself at one point. You may get a you big gotta be head. Disciplined. Yeah, yeah. You, you may get a big head out of these things, but. You know, no a pastor had to tell me that no man is an island unto himself. Mm-hmm, right. he, had to, he had to burst my bubble a little bit because, you know, I can have all these accomplishments, but I had to really humble myself. And then and, be puffed up by pride because of all of these accomplishments. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's uh, to really because it's hard for uh, a majority of men. It's hard to to uh, submit under authority because we want every every man is alpha. You know, everybody wants to. um be a leader, and they're, you know, or whatnot. I want to be, oh, who's this man? He he has flaws. I, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it's stuff like that. And mm-hmm. they'd be like, oh, he he's just like how Pastor was saying. You know, he heard some people say he Pastor puts puts one, on his oh, pants yeah, just, just like, like I me. do. Yeah, but it's really, I mean, one Pastor has a lot more experience with a lot of things, not mm-hmm. just in you know spiritually, but also in, in business. Mm-hmm. And it's like you know, living life exactly. So he's seen it. He's he's dealt with more people than I, than you have. That's what I think people, even if your pastor is younger than you, because my dad said it now, um, Miguel, and like he got that word saying that he's to have disciples older than him. Mm-hmm. I think um, we just really, I think me, I just really had to depend on my pastor and be like, you know, that that he knows what's, you know, what's, he wants what's best for me. Right. And he's not out, out to get me or whatnot, because right. I think a lot of men could feel that type of way, or they keep a look and see, think of favoritism, like, oh, he doesn't, he doesn't react that way to this brother or whatnot. Mm-hmm. He reacts only that way, that way to me. Mm-hmm. So really, I think, be, you know, with me becoming a man, I really had to put my pride and my own, um, all that stuff aside and be like, just fully trust in your pastor. If you want to be a manager, you got to put all your trust into your pastor. Mm. So that translates to if you're a church kid mm-hmm. and you're growing up, you're wanting to become yeah. your own man, right? You're wanting to become, I, I, I think one of the best tools that could help any church kid mm-hmm. is being a disciple yeah. mm-hmm. as soon as possible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause the, the, sorry, but one thing my dad will always press on when I moved here is every month he's like, did you take pastor out of, uh, out of eat yet? I'm like, no. He's like, you need to get a relationship with him. And he would get on me, get a relationship. And I'm like, dad, I'm busy trying, you know, I'm trying to get this business going. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, no, you need to do this. And then every month, every month, he'll check up on me. And I think, uh, That's good. I think teens in the church neglect the fact that they need to have their own relationship with, mm. with their pastor. That's good. That's yeah, really that's good. true. That's true because they have, and that's something that I, that I push my kids to, you know, and that's something that I on like very early on, as soon as they started becoming of age and, you know, past puberty, now they're, you know, still they're, they're, they're grown, they're growing up. Right. And they make a mistake. And it's one thing when you make a mistake and you're here at home where it's like, okay, I'm going to deal with you. But after a certain time of a certain age, I'm like, okay, you definitely know better. And now you're in ministry or you're doing different things in church. Yep. Yep. You're involving yourself because you're a church kid and you see that that's, you know, that's what a lot of kids or a lot of people aspire to. Oh, let me make myself useful. Oh, I want to be in a band. Oh, I want to be an usher or I want to be this and I want to be that. Well, there's there's certain then you're going to come under the same the, the same standards as any adult serving in that capacity as far as ministry goes, which goes for whenever you do make a mistake. You make a mistake, okay, hey, you you got to confront mom and dad has got to deal with you, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm going to have my discipline for you at here here at home, you know, but this is something that I need you to elevate and talk to your pastor. Yep. And I say it just like that. I'm like, that's your pastor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's my pastor, and that's your, your pastor, pastor too. Yep. 
You know, I'm not going to say you take it to my pastor. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. You need to go. And, you know, they've they've had to at different times have to go. And my wife kind of looks at me and she's like, like, like feeling some sort of way, you know, because that's this mama. You know what I mean? She's looking at and she's like, well, there's other parents who also have kids in church, you know, that are serving in different ministries that they're obviously or or not obviously, but mm-hmm. they might they may not be right mm-hmm. or they might have made some mistakes and mm-hmm. you don't see them telling their kids, coaching their kids, go talk to the pastor about this. Yeah. That's and not I'm like, me. but that's not I could care less what they mm-hmm. do because yeah. if anything, I feel like I'm doing my kid a service. Absolutely. Where it's like you go talk to the man and you deal with him one on one and and let him deal with you one on one. Cause that's how relationships are built where it's build like, some integrity, you know, build, build that face to face time with your own pastor, yeah. you know, so you can have that relationship with them. And I'm like, for the other kids, I'm not trying to tell people how to raise their parents, but in them kind of sheltering their kids from talking to pastor and only keeping things in house, mm-hmm. you're doing your kid a disservice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You're doing your kid a disservice. You, you, you need to release them mm-hmm. to pastor, you know, and kind of let them. That's almost like I think about, you know, how, how, how in the Bible we, we are talk we, we hear, or there's, there's a story there about a lady that, that brought her son to the church and said, Hey, I'm leaving my son under your care now, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I need you as the pastor to go ahead and teach my son. Now I'm completely hands off. It's a miracle that I got this child. Now God, the promise that I made to you is that I would give you this child. Yeah. And it's almost like, that's what the way that I look at it is I'm, I'm, I'm entrusting my kid with you, God, mm-hmm. right? Because my pastor is going to be able to deal with them in ways that I'm not going to be able to deal with them, mm-hmm. you know, or you're going to be able to have insight on certain things. And you know what? My kids have 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 done that. You know, my my boy Angelo, you know, proud a uh, couple of proud dad moments that I had with him is, uh, you know, he he went to pastor with different things. And pastor's like, OK, I'm going to need you to, to sit you down mm-hmm. from from ministry for this long, you know, because until you get right. And yeah. then whenever you 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 get right or you your your time is up, then we can have this conversation again to mm-hmm. see if we could put you back in that ministry. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he's he's felt that and he's been through that. And that's something that only God could do. You know what I'm saying? That's me hands off. So def definitely having your kid, pastor's kid, you gotta have a relationship with your pastor. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You're left to your own devices, you're not underneath any kind of headship or any accountability. Mm-hmm. You start being the captain of your own ship. Yep. An island unto yourself, right? Yeah, that's right. And then and, and it's important because that transition period, like you said, you go from leaving your father's house mm-hmm. to you being you're on your own. Yeah. Then who's your who's your accountability? Mm-hmm. You can still call back to your dad, but you know what I'm saying? Like if you don't want to, you're not going to. Exactly. You still need to have some you sort of still got to have some kind of accountability. Mm-hmm. Right. No, that's good. I have I have a I have a question for yeah. you, and uh, well, it's it's kind of it's, it's a little deep, mm-hmm. and so it's going to kind of summarize everything that we've been talking about. Okay. And. So if you could get in a time machine mm-hmm. and go back yeah. and have a conversation with young Anthony mm-hmm. before a lot of turmoil, a lot of mind battles, and what information would you give yourself to change, you know, kind of your future going forward? Some, some good nuggets that you would tell your younger self as a PK. If I can go back in a time machine and, and go back – 
I would go back to the time when we were dealing with the, the death of my brother, because that's when I felt like I was like God was neglecting us, and I, w- I would want to go back and tell him, listen, this is the time you need to see God the most, because mm-hmm. around that time uh, we had an evangelist uh, doing a revival, and he had given me a word. And throughout the whole revival, he was talking about, you know, planting seed, reaping what you sow. And he was saying, and at the time, I, this is before I was even looking at the, the Playboy the app. And so he was like, listen, so uh, he's, I'm not saying you're a bad kid. I'm not saying you're a good kid. But he's like, soon you're going to start making decisions that can either reap in the future bad fruit or good fruit. And I'm like, I'm, I'm a little kid. I'm a I'm young preteen. I'm like, okay, what is this guy talking about? Because I wasn't doing anything at the time. I was serving God. It was before any any trauma or whatnot. And um, he was like, so you need to sow good seed now so that when you get older, you'll reap of the good fruit. Because soon it'll be you're going to battle these things as, as coming into uh, a teenager. You'll be battling these things, these new feelings, and you're going to have a chance to either, you know, sow bad seed or good seed. And I wish I really, I, I would go back and tell him, you know, that word right there, that's a be life-changing word. You need mm. to take that into, because that's when after, you know, after where I was, you know, doing, after that trauma, I was like, you know, let me, you know, I was always, always, I mean, I'm a boy. I'm always eager to, you know, see something like that. So I was like, you know, I, a little peek won't hurt. And sure yeah. enough, that little, and after that, I mean, in Chicago, I, that, that word too, I should just, I would just tell him, listen, seek God now mm. that you're going to be a teenager because little do we know, I mean, I think, uh, like, teenagers now don't even know that. Back in the day, 13-year-olds were running things. You know what I'm saying? Right. You were running things at 13 years old. You were being a man. Mm-hmm. And so I, I I thought, in my mind at the time, I thought I could still ride on my parents' salvation all the way to like, 15 or 16 when I have a car and when I can actually go out of the house and actually have uh, temptations, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, th- when there's actually a temptation, not knowing that soon after that word, there's going to be that temptation moment. Right. So I, I that's when I would go back, you know, I'd go back and tell him, like, listen, you need to see God now more than ever, being that you're only by yourself. There's no other, you know, church kids around you. And, um, like, take take word of what that, that evangelist told you because, you know, what he's saying is, is going to factor your whole life. Man, so. that's good, man. That is good, man. That That is good where it's like you would, you would go back, and I'm over here trying to, trying to think of how the younger you would have received that. Like if we're talking to 11 year olds right now, yeah. right? How would that come, come across if I were to say, Hey man, like you're, you're, you're going to go through some stuff soon. Yeah. You need to see God right now. Mm-hmm. How, how could they see God at, at that age? Really? I would say prayer. I wasn't praying. I mean, I pray at night, do my little prayer. Thank you mm-hmm. God for this day whatnot, but they really just really seek God in relationship. Mm-hmm. And, I think that's what we should teach the teach the kids now is that you need to. It's not all about skits and it's not all about puppets and whatnot. You're gonna become a teenager, which yeah, it's still a teen, but you're you're one step closer to being a grown up. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get into these habits now, like I did, sixteen and seventeen, I wasn't doing anything about my salvation, about my relationship with God because I thought I was okay. Because thirteen, I mean, eleven year eleven years old, I wasn't reading my Bible and and doing all that. I was feeding off my dad's fire, so. Mm-hmm. I think that's how, and surround yourself too. I mean, I think I, I think as as a as a parent, I think that um, really because uh, what, what stuck out to me the most was Brad uh, from plant, uh, the Plantation Church, mm-hmm. and we we're talking with him, and he was saying that every day they do something with the teens. Yeah, and he was saying because teens get neglected and they're just like air, like people don't even notice them. And what made me think because growing up 
what was pushing me through through Miami and Chicago um, was the fact that, I don't know if you remember, but you would take us, me, uh, Shani and Luis, even Frank, Pastor, I think it was Pastor's nephew, and you would take us out and you would take us to your house. And yep. you you spent time with us. You spent time with me. I would I would um, even talk about in Chicago, yeah, because I would say Ernie, but mm-hmm. Ernie, who's Ernie? I was my boxing teacher because mm-hmm. he, t- he taught me how to box. <laughs> yeah, we so, yeah. yeah. Nice. so I would um, I'd always say, yeah, you know, that you, Mark, and Enrique would all, and always in my mind, and it was always like they you put a seed into us and actually like you know what I'm saying, showing that we had value as kids and we weren't just hey they're just kids, teens are on the side. Being that the whole team ministry, I think, is a big a big thing. I think that we need to as like I said, as a parent, really dig in and teach our teens to see God and whatnot, like not to neglect. Oh, they're just a kid; they're just dealing with yeah. kid stuff. I think doing that preteen area that you should start talking about a little, little more serious stuff about salvation and right. spiritual things. So. so surround yourself, past pastor's kid or kids or mm-hmm. kid in church. Surround yep. yourself with, with with good with good adults. Yep. You know that are going to be a positive influence, mm-hmm. right? Um, what 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 would attract a a person like that to a fourteen year old right now? Say that again. Like what would attract a a fourteen year old to a positive good influence? Like what would that person be doing? Like now I'm this question is kind of like a double sided question mm-hmm. where it's to the to to the church kid giving some direction, yeah. right? And then for for the adult, what what can we be doing to yeah. make ourselves as available? Yeah, and and what can we do where we can make ourselves appealing? Yeah. To somebody like six, because I'm not I'm 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 saying church kids, mm-hmm. but I I don't want to generalize that or automatically believe in my mind. Mm-hmm. Hey, this isn't just for you, church kid yeah. that have both parents in church, yeah. mm-hmm. right? There 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 could be church kids that are that that have single mom that yeah. that have yeah their mm-hmm. mom is single, the dad's not involved, the dad's not in church, yeah. and so they don't have that male role model, mm-hmm. right? What could they be looking for as far as an an influence? As for a Christian man, mm-hmm. and what could we be doing to kind of like? Now, I'm not asking for more on my plate. Yeah, believe you me. <laughs> but yeah. anybody listening to this, mm-hmm. maybe you do have more time in your hand yeah. where you can, you are, you know, digging into the Word of God. You're listening to this 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 podcast. You're you're you're, you're getting some ideas. You know, you maybe have teenagers in your church, and you're an older person. You want to find ways to connect with a younger person. You yeah. know, and and be that positive influence. Yeah, um, I know when I first moved here, a lot of, a lot of the teens kind of surrounded me and like swarmed me, and like my little minions at one point. <laughs> yeah, um, I know Angela yeah. was was chasing you around, bro. Yeah. And it, it, I mean, I think just being treating obviously for for the kid. I mean, pick, pick an adult that you that you think that and you see, you know, he's he's um, you know for all for the will of God. He's doing because I think being mentoring some kids. I know some of the kids were asking me. At one point, um, you know, what does what does in a certain drugs feel like? And I'm like, listen, I'm gonna tell you like what Brother Stefan said during a testimony one time. He said, don't do drugs because then you're gonna love it. You know, you're gonna end up loving it. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's drug. And so I would always tell him, I said, listen, a drug. The reason why people do it is obviously to feel good. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, there's a the it, with meth or with anything else, you see the repercussions. And I'm gonna tell you my repercussions is that you you um, it, it takes a toll on your mind. Mm-hmm. Not only that, you you may like weed for a while, but towards the end, you're gonna end up being paranoid. Mm-hmm. And and the bigger, f- if you you really pay attention in church, 
what I was afraid of was that the rapture was going to happen while I'm while I was high, you know. Yeah. So and you'd be left behind. I think. Yeah. Exactly. So she says, I know my dad. I don't know if he. Ever, I don't think he ever smoked, but he would always tell me that you're hallucinating all weed. I'm like, That's not true because I was doing it. I was like, you're not hallucinating. And so I was the, the whole Santa Claus fairy, you know, um, tooth fairy thing. So I, I would say just to really express the as a as a man, and if you have a little mentor teen. Just really express a testimony. If you see a teen going off the deep end, because like I said, biggest things for boys growing up is girls. They have interest in a girl, and they want to, you know, maybe be, have a girlfriend, have a relationship, want to touch. Why can't I touch now? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Well, this is the reason why we do things are the way it's supposed to be. So, so be, be willing their, to have those conversations. Yeah, answer those don't, questions. Don't be afraid to have. have them. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't, don't be, be like. Don't mm-hmm. be like. You don't do it because it's bad. That's it, yeah, don't you know? give a short like be be okay yeah. with uh, with keeping it real. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Right, where it's like, okay, well, this is what I what I do know, mm-hmm. right, and and balance it out, right. Mm-hmm. So, but not being afraid to talk about those tough topics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Uh, not necessarily bring them up though. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, don't, no, you don't bring them up because that's, that, that's that'll weird. be weird, bro. Weird. Hey, yeah, you, know? <laughs> you want to know, know about drugs? Like, no, that's yeah, that's <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. Let let the kid kind of naturally, right? How hey, little kid? Yeah. <laughs> I would say really encourage them to go to outreach. You know, all, you know, you can even have a, a fellowship not just with a team by himself. Obviously, male with male, female with female. But if you're having a big group fellowship, mm-hmm. have uh, one team come in and you know, you know. T- I think it's really essential that they go to Bible studies as well, but really try to pique their interest because yeah. they just, sometimes these things just want to have, they just want a friend, you know? Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, obviously there's boundaries and whatnot, but um, I, like, even with, with the with teens that were hanging around me, they're asked, you know, with the whole girl, you know, the girlfriend issue, the girlfriend thing or whatnot, and I would tell them, well, listen, I, you know, I lost my V-card to a girl I thought I was going to marry. And my my excuse, because they, you know, a lot, I'm pretty sure a lot of church kids growing up that were grown and uh, they use this excuse. Say, oh, as long as I'm going to marry this chick, I can give her my... See, that was my excuse. I was 17. I was like, oh, yeah, for sure. I've been with this chick for three years. So I'm going to give her I'm gonna give her my V-card. I'm a, I know for sure I'm going to marry her. And mm-hmm. I'm not with that chick. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, don't don't try to rationalize or try to excuse, make excuses for your sin. If it's if it's wrong, it's wrong. Don't do not do it. And this is, you don't want the baggage to come with it. Right. You want to give, like, I think... I think it's awesome that we got teens that are pure. And my sisters, they're pure. And mm-hmm. my Mia Bell is like 20, probably 21. And I think it's awesome. And I wish I did that. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, that's that's the thing. I, I And also, if we have, I mean, me having a daughter, teach them the game that, that, that men play, that boys play. I mean, <laughs> usually boys in the church don't have good game like the, the boys in the world because they, they're they play the game, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think teaching, like, listen, if he says you're, you know, make sure you tell your daughter that she's beautiful all the time that you love her because if if there's something lacking from the you know, the father is always the hero, you know, mm-hmm. first in the in the girl's eyes. And I think that um, the reason uh, being that a lot of girls fall off is because they don't hear it from their dad enough. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So. They don't get that love from home, exactly. from daddy, so they mm-hmm. go searching it from the next, exactly. the uh, next best, well, not the next best man, but the next man with the slickest tongue. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, right? Say the right thing at the yeah. right time. is like, watch out, girl. Watch yeah. out when it. And I'm not saying put your whole dirt out. Like, yeah, I used to, you know, this is how I got this girl, you know, telling your daughter, this is how I got this girl growing up, this girl, this girl. Right. Just be like, you know, this is the game. And I would tell my sister, too. It was, uh, there was, uh, uh, I, my dad always taught me there's no such thing as a platonic relationship. Uh, between, you know, between and, a boy and a girl. Between a boy and a girl. Yeah. So there's always, always some sort of emotion the, attached. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So my sister Mia Bell, she was. Uh, I had peeped that she was. Uh, she was talking to this boy. 
from another church uh, on Instagram, social media. I was like, why are you talking? Because the boy had a reputation that he would talk to a lot of girls and, you know, flirt around. And I would tell her, why are you talking to that boy? She was like, oh, there's nothing about it. You know, they, you know we're just friends. So I was like, does he know that? And she was like, yeah, yeah, he knows. I'm like, all right. And it was it was the very next conference. One of my buddies that's, that's a mutual friend with that boy, he was like, hey, so, you know, you think about talking to, to a coordinating girl and stuff like that? And he was like, oh, no. He's like, I'm not serious about any girls. He's like, but I do have some flirting relationships. And then, <laughs> and then he was like, oh, yeah, who? And then he said, two other girls, and he mentioned my sister's name. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, okay. And so. So that's 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 the game right there. Yeah, mm-hmm. where it's like, see, mm-hmm. I told you. Yeah. You know, you got to be careful with these exactly. things. And so I, it was funny because, I mean, I was, I was single at the time. So I was, you know, more, I mean, when I was a teenager, I was more blunt. So I think it was like 20 or whatnot, going in my 20s. And my boy told me that he said this. I was like, all right, cool. And I was going like, to talk to me for service. And then, thank God I didn't. Because I was very upset. <laughs> but it was after. And I was like, hey, can I talk to you? And I, talk, I told him, I was like, listen, um, I don't want you to talk to my sister anymore. I was mm-hmm. like, this is, uh, this is what was said. Um, whether you said it or not, I still don't feel comfortable with you telling, um, you know, talking to my sister. He's like, well, who said it? And I was like, well, you just saying that just means you, you probably told a whole yeah, bunch of people. Right. And so I was like, and he was like, well, he's stuttering. He was like, oh, thank you for coming up to me. I said, like, yeah, no problem. And I told me about it. I said, listen, this is why I told you not to be talking to this boy. Because, I mean, you, you may think, hey, he's, he's a good friend. But he's going around like, because you're beautiful and you're pretty and you're pure. You're not, you're not some easy girl off the street. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, oh, by the way, I'm talking to that girl. You know, I, I got her in my pocket. Right. You, know, you could, you could be possible. gullible. You could be exactly. gullible to, to, to certain devices, right, yeah. and certain manipulations mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. flirting and stuff. So, yeah. so, so now you got that on your hands because yeah. you got a baby girl now. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty interesting how the tables turn back around, man. Yeah. And so, but, um, no, all, all good things that we've been talking about, bro, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of bringing a balance to uh, the uh, church kid, you know, and this this episode is for you. Uh, Brother Anthony shared his heart today, tonight, and uh, this is a pretty long podcast. Apologize, but we've been kind of digging into a lot of different things, and, and I think a lot from a lot of these these different stories, you may be able to sift out things that you can probably take away, you know, little little nuggets here and there. Mm-hmm that you could probably take away from this, you know, that, that may be helpful to you. And then us as adults, right. As far mm-hmm. as, and fathers. Yeah. Being, know, just being aware, yeah. being aware, man, being sensitive to what our kids are, are yeah. going through, uh, not just in the church, but also if you decide to go out there and pioneer church, yeah. consider what your kids are going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Some really good information. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and not only that, but you know, our brother Anthony, you know, and, and it's not that you're, you, you're, I'm I'm holding you up to this huge standard, but you but you have you were raised in church, you were a church kid, you you were a pastor's kid, pioneering, you backslid, you came back to God, you decided to move down here, uh, you know, and you've you've been through your 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 uh own your, hiccups, yeah. your own hiccups and, and rough road, you know, rough bumps on the road, but you're still here. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing is that you didn't throw in the towel, yeah. yep. and you're still continuing to fight forward. And you're married, and yep. you guys are going to celebrate two you know, years in July. In July, yeah, July you guys 24th. are going to celebrate two years. So you're still a newlywed, yep. uh huh, a, a newlywed, bro. Yep. 
you know so you're probably going through the struggles of you know marriage right now you know you're feeling the tugging back and forth oh, yeah. right it's a joy the uh the uh, tug of war that happens within the home yeah. within the compounds right of the, of of the home and marriage but but you're still here you yeah. and your wife mm-hmm. and you got a baby girl now and so that this you know it's a testimony it's the testimony why i wanted to have you on yeah. you know because a lot of these these things are are something that Maybe you're a teen out there and you're listening to this or maybe you're a grown adult, you know, uh, listening to this and you have a church kid. You maybe you're a pastor and you have a kid. Yeah. If they fall, that doesn't mean that it has to be the end. Mm -hmm. We know this. We have hope for people that are out there in the world. So much more of, of, of that hope to me calls calls out to the church kid Mm -hmm. to the backslidden pastor's kid. Mm -hmm. You know, because I think that 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 description that you gave of you pictured yourself as a trophy, you know, that that Satan has this bookshelf of trophies of of pastor's kids. Yeah. Where it's like, huh, they were one serving you and now they're serving me. Now they're under my control. And Mm. and you know what? To to have one come back to God, to have many. The hope is. To empty out that shelf, yeah, and 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 have them back on on the winning team, mm-hmm. you know, which is which is here, you know, living for God. Oh yeah, that is that is the hope. So the it's not the end. Just 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 because you've made a mistake, you made a couple of blunders. Mm-hmm. That's not the end. It's not the end of your story. And you're continuing to grow, bro. Yeah, right. Absolutely, you're continuing to grow. There's there's some things that you know I don't know we didn't touch on. You know what you personally want to aspire to kind of work in working out in your life. Let me ask you this, man. Yeah. Now that I just thought about it, bro, that I'm, that I'm, that I'm talking, mm-hmm. have you ever felt called? I know you mentioned that as a kid, mm-hmm. you felt you with your friends, oh, I'm called to preach, you know, yeah. and the, but as a, as an adult, mm-hmm. right. Have you felt called to preach the gospel? Yes. And for, and short, let me know. Um, recently, not, not Yeah. So recently I was like, no, you know, I'm not called only for the fact that what I went through as a kid, and I don't know what my sisters have gone through, but on the podcast, I want to go ahead and ask them. But that that's the only thing that's on my mind, being me having a daughter, and soon probably more, most likely more, I'm Mexican. So, that's right. um, He's going to have yeah. 12 by next year. 12 <laughs> by next like, year. Wow. So, so, like, like wabbits. Yeah, nah. Like wabbits. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, that, that was my biggest fear was that, you know, if I were to go out to preach. Um, what, what about them? What about them? But the whole the scripture came up to me it, with uh, for him who tries to save his life will lose it, but him will that him that loses in life serving me is gonna save it, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if I, no, that's, yeah. good. Yeah. that's good, that's good. That's it. So I was like, you know, what if I neglect the calling and and um, you know, to save my kids, I end up not saving my kids, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, right. they end up falling away mm. and seeing, you know, just like bad Christianity, you know, I'm gonna live my own life and. No doubt every kid is going to go through that, but what if I'm not doing a service? Because I don't know the future. Only God knows the future. So right. I'm not trusting God with my family and my kids. So what, it, it, that could just back, backlash. God yeah. knows what's best for us. But I do feel a calling to preach. Okay. Yeah. So I just so, don't know where. I don't have a city or anything like you that. Were, but you were called that at yeah. one point yeah. as an adult, mm-hmm. and you still hold on to that. Yeah. But although you kind of wavered as far mm-hmm. as doubt, which I think everybody does, oh, yeah. bro. Anybody that initially feels that they've been called to preach the gospel, there's that one time where it's like, am I though? Yeah. Like, I don't know if I am, you mm-hmm. know, but that that you came to that realization on your own without anybody pushing it on you. Yeah. 
that's that's awesome, bro. That 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 shows a heart that's still willing to be fully surrendered. And I think that that's that's really important as a takeaway, bro. That's dope, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's awesome. I'm happy for yeah. you, bro. Thank you. I'm excited for you because yeah. you guys are still young. Mm-hmm. And who knows what God has yeah. has in store for you and the still wife. still got a lot of blank blank pages in that book. Yeah. And the wife, out. the wife is down with this calling? Oh, yeah. yeah, she's down. You know, yeah. we, we talked about it while we were recording, too. That, that yeah? It, yeah. If I was, I was like, if I were to go to preach, would you would you go with me? She's like, yeah. yeah wow. I don't, awesome. just, now, I don't know if she was just saying that just to, you know, marry me now. Not <laughs> to get you. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Bro, she had you, yeah. dog. Stop yeah. it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she had you hook, line, and sinker. Uh-huh. Hey you know? there, Delilah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do that one. <laughs> no, Just in case that's you that's, yeah. that's awesome. You know, hearing that she's down. Yeah. yeah. You know, and just hold on to that, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, the, for the both of you guys, you yeah. guys need to hold on to that because, yeah. you know, we, we live this life and this life is not necessarily easy. No. Right? If it was easy, then everybody would do it. Yeah. But especially the life of those that are called to preach the gospel, man. It's not an easy life. And so we need to hold on to the promises of God and encourage each other whenever things do feel like they waver, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, no, that's that's pretty cool, bro. I don't have anything else, man. No, no, that was a good conversation. <laughs> that was two hours right there. Oh, was, my gosh. Yeah, I was yeah. like, man, this needs to be like two parts. I was like, man, <laughs> yeah, no, it'll be, it'll, it'll be one episode. And, you know, it, it's not a bad thing. We're overdue for a long episode. So. So if you're listening to this, uh, Raymond has a $5 uh, cash app that he's going to give you if you finish listening to the end of this. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and, and, and then Anthony does inspections. Oh, yeah. so, <laughs> so I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, so if you listen this far, my cash tag is, you know, uh, I'll put it in the description. Send me $5 if you got this far. It'll send you $5. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Look yeah. at <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, but if you listen this far, thank you. Yeah. yeah. And... Anthony, we want to give you an opportunity mm-hmm. to do some self-promotion for uh, whatever you got going on. So yeah. talk to the people. Yeah, so I'm starting a podcast for what it's worth. So far, I have two episodes out, and it's really towards, you know, church kids, pastors' kids, even kids that maybe they're not even in the church, and they just, you know, what's life living as a Christian or whatnot. And also put in the perspective of a parents and, you know, be careful not to neglect the kids, especially if you're a pastor or whatnot, because... There's a lot of stuff that the devil goes for the kids. I, I think they, he goes as one way to attack the parents. But, um, yeah, it's called For What It's Worth. It, it's on uh, Spotify and Apple Music or Apple Podcast, and also on Anchor. I also have uh, over here in Virginia, if you're in the 757 or Hampton Roads area, Tony's Pest Killers. If you need me to kill any bugs, I got you. Call <laughs> me the exterminator. And um, also, if you're looking for a dog, Tony's Bully Kennel. <laughs> That's right. Some, some good looking dogs. Yeah, thank you. Got thank you. Two beautiful dogs, yeah. man. Already had one litter. Is it Mula? Mula and Venom. Venom. Yeah. Mula is a Venom. beauty, bro. Yeah. Venom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. good stuff. Good stuff. Socials? You got some socials to put out there? Um, Social media. Where Social can they media? find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram, Tony's Bully Kennel, and also Tony's Pest Killers. I'm going to most likely make a, a podcast one. Uh, soon, but that will be for later. I don't know what the name is going to be for that one. Don't know if it's somebody already has that name for what it's worth. So we'll see. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, there's your socials and our socials. We're on Instagram and Twitter at, at the KTB podcast. So feel free to um, follow us on those social media platforms. We're always putting out um, behind the scenes stuff. I was even taking pictures and videos as we were recording this episode. So You'll see those pictures up there. Um, we're mostly active on Instagram, to be honest with you. 
and Eddie or Ernie, <laughs> I said Eddie. He's Ernie, my work, my that's his work, work name. name. Ernie heads that up, so uh, he does a really good job with that. I'm more of the technical guy, but also if you want to follow us, um, I'm sorry, send us an email. It's ktbpodcast at gmail dot com. Send us uh, some, you know, feedback. What you think about the episode? How we're doing? Um, what we can be doing? You know, whatever. Just any kind of feedback, constructive criticism. We appreciate it. And speaking of emails. We got an email from a PK. Bro, shout out to this PK with this love, bro. Shout out to Luke, who is a PK. Um, I'll read the email. It says, uh, Red and Ernie, I listened to the episode y'all did with Annie and Angelo and Raymond Jr. I love the things that my pals said. I can agree very well with what they said. If y'all need a person to do a podcast with, I'm your man when I get back home to Norfolk, VA. Great episode, guys. Tell your kids they did great for me. So shout out to Luke. Thank you for being a listener. Um, he referenced back to an episode we did with the uh, with the teens. Am I messing one. up my kids? Is that was that I the think one? That that's the one that we did with the teenagers. Yeah, are we messing up our kids? That's it. That's which, it. Which which was pretty quick because we did a cross examination where I interviewed your kid and <laughs> you interviewed right. my kids. That's right. And uh, you really good episode. Yeah, we should probably do one of those here soon, man, because they're in different stages now. You know, yeah. we could do uh, or maybe maybe you could interview them, Anthony. Yeah. I don't know. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> that, that'd, be, that'd be awesome. Oh that'd yeah, completely remove us from the from the scenario. Yeah, you, you got a new platform. Them, yeah. You got a new platform. You know, and uh, that that would be interesting right there. You know, just kind of just looking at this, this, this feedback is awesome. You know, so mm-hmm. thanks, Luke and anybody else. Feel free to. I mean, I know that there are some folks that listen to us that don't have so that don't have social media. And um, but, you know, the emails that you guys send in or the feedback that you guys give in person, extremely encouraging, really, really helps yep, us. Absolutely. But again, thank you, Anthony, for joining us. We appreciate oh, your, you, your your conversation. Those tidbits and from coming from a, a not only a church kid but a pastor's kid and now you're a, a disciple, a disciple, yeah. mm-hmm. a, a man on your own, but not on your own because you're still under headship. But yeah. we covered all of that stuff, man. It has been a, a great two hours, and uh, we thank you again, man. We just yeah. thank you. No, thank you for having me. It felt like ten minutes. And yeah. so, so question is: this, Do yeah. you want this entire file on yours as well? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah. you can listen here. You listen on um, Anthony's podcast as well mm-hmm. for what it's worth. Yep. And. Uh, Yep, that's all we got. With that being said, KTB out. Later. If you like what you just heard and you want to support the podcast, consider becoming a patron. Head on over to patreon.com backslash the KTB podcast and become a patron today. All of your support will go to improving the viewing and listening experience. Thank you for your support. It is much appreciated.